This week on the Bamcast, he's a maniac, maniac, with a giant chin, and he's copping like he's never been thrown in the loony bin or something. One star win. All right, welcome to Bamcast. Hey, Bamcast. Hey, Bamcast. Episode three hundred and thirty-one. Huh? Baskin Robbins. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right. Uh, so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm Chuck. And we're BJ list this week because mm. apparently we can only have three. Yes. Uh, it's it's this new feud. Kind of the is. balance is completely very, thrown very off. Very weird. If more than three of us are here. It's a building code violation to uh, have more than three people it, on a I podcast. It, it, is, it is. Yeah. I, I've already forgotten what BJ looks like. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's working out well for me. He's basically a Ewok. Okay. Just I, picture an Ewok. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but let me tell you what we do each and every <laughs> week here on the Bathcast. <laughs> sure. We go and we watch ourselves a quote unquote bad movie. Mm-hmm. Come in here and talk about it for the first half. Then we rate them. Good bad movies. Enjoyable bad movies. They get one five jocks. Those are robot jocks. All Heck right. Yes, robot jocks. Robot jocks. Yes. However, there are bad, bad movies. And stay away. They get a negative sliding scale, one to five bags, and some douchebags after Twilight. Oh, no. Boo. We don't like those because those aren't our thing. No. Twilight's bad and not in our wheelhouse. Those are not no. fun. Nah. Um, so we're done with sequel month, uh, though I admittedly we might have watched a movie to prepare for another sequel month. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we watched uh, 1988 Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. I think possibly mainly due to the fact that we want to get to Maniac Cop 2, but we had to watch the first one because unlike Jaws movies, uh, we need to be complete. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, something like that. Uh, So let's get a plot summary that's very quick out of the way and talk more about it. A killer dressed in a police uniform begins murdering innocent people on the streets of New York City. That's it. Let's move on. Okay. Yes. A maniac cop. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Cop who is a maniac. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh let's let's talk about the Banffcastness of this movie because I th- I think it it bears mentioning. There are quite a few Banffcast Would alums. you say a plethora? Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Um I man. mean from behind the camera, you've got uh this movie is written by Larry Cohen. Mm-hmm. It's strangely not directed by Strangely him, not but. directed, but yes, the director, I believe, slash writer of Cue the Wing Serpent, um, the Ambulance, the ambulance uh, anything else we've done? Uh, I think it's just those two. Those two for us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's done lots of other things, but that's... Mm-hmm. that's and other stuff that we'll probably end up million doing other things at some that... point. Did we watch Black Caesar? No, we've watched no. Black Shampoo. Yeah. Black <laughs> Caesar is like a real movie. Right? Black, yes, we've Black also watched Black Gun. Right. Yes. That. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. But... Uh, it was directed instead by William Lustig, mm-hmm. who kind of only did the Maniac Cop movies and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's weird that Larry Cohen didn't do this, but it definitely has his fingerprints on it because New York is shitty in this movie. It sure so is. So it's, you know, it's a Larry Cohen movie if New York is just a hellhole, shithole, horrible place. Yep. Totally. And living in this, which I guess our hero. Yeah. Is decorated Banff Castle on Bruce Campbell of Tornado. <laughs> I like that he's decorated. Why? Yes. Because he has an exclamation point after his name? Tornado. And Bruce he's Campbell. Also, he's Bruce Campbell. I mean, come it's on. It's true. Yes. Tornado. We don't really review many of his movies here, but he's in our wheelhouse. He definitely is we, in our wheelhouse. We have a great appreciation of Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Richard Roundtree. Shaft. Shaft. Shut your mouth. From Three the Hard Way. Uh, no. No. He was not in Three the Hard Way. I know. <laughs> he was in Cue the Winged Serpent, though. I know. 
Yes. We get to claim them on a technicality. Right? And, and also uh, a certain movie involving a certain dinosaur where oh, Shaft right. had to get his pole up. God damn it. Oh, that's right. Theodore Rex. God damn Shit, it. I forgot about that son yep. of a bitch dinosaur. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, uh, from a couple weeks ago, and an episode I didn't, I wasn't here for, uh-huh. but uh, I believe it was Cherie North. No, actually, no, not her. It, she's the other actress. Lorraine Landon. Lorraine Landon, who was in Samurai Cop 2. She was, yes. She was... Uh, a, Unrecognizable in Samurai Cop 2. She was I a noteworthy to... component of Samurai Cop 2. Yes. I am going to remain silent about her yep. involvement in Samurai Cop 2. Good idea. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> For now. My, um, a guy who feels like he should be a Bamcast alum but is not yeah. is uh, Tom Atkins. Mm-hmm. Is kind of you know he's in Escape from New York. He was a bad guy in Lethal Weapon. He's in Halloween Three, Night of the Creeps. Yeah. He's in just a ton of genre stuff that we have skirted around for yeah, the longest time. Like Tom Atkins is a guy you're like, oh him, yeah, yeah okay, right. yeah. And he's kind of like the lead detective investigating everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of skirting around, I think we've been skirting around the biggest component, or I'm sorry, the two biggest components of oh. the Banffcast uh, uh, lexicon uh-huh. yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once again. <laughs> William Smith. Yes. William Smith. Appearance. The most decorated of Banffcast alums. Yes. 20th appearance. <laughs> Is it? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, yeah, it's I, up there. I think it's double digits at but this point. I, he, I, was about passed. To, I was about to leave him out because, I mean, he feels so ubiquitous now. I feel like it's weird mentioning him because... We should mention when he's not yeah, in right. one of our that, movies. That, that would probably be point. easier. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the late and the very great Robert Zadar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he plays Maniac Cop. Yes. I mean, a fact that is now well known. However, if you could go back to 1988 and see this movie fresh, mm-hmm. it would be a lot more interesting to not know that. Mm-hmm. At um, first, yeah. At first, but, you know, you, you'd get there pretty quickly. It's just there's there's a lot of ambiguity in this movie. Up there's until, a lot of red herrings early yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, yeah. And it starts out with we're just we're shown... In the with the credits, it's just a guy putting on his entire police uniform. And, yeah, you know, his, his it's dress. almost like a gearing up montage. Yes. but you know, he's even got the white gloves on and mm-hmm. all that. And then we get to the first scene of the movie is a woman leaving a bar by herself who almost gets mugged by two toughs in the street. Yes, who she's able to beat off with the Whoa. well, beat them, fend off. How about fend off? Yes. Okay, fine. I like fend off. Yeah. But she gets away from them by beating them with her purse. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. And runs away and finally and reaches an officer and goes, officer, you have to help me. You have to help me. To which he grabs her by the neck, lifts her up off the ground, snaps her neck and kills her. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the next morning, it's the two, the two guys who were chasing her are being arrested and accused of her murder. Because that's yeah, that's how it works. There was one guy from New York because because to to echo the shittiness of New York, of course, one guy watches all this happening to her while taking his trash out and mm-hmm. just kind of shakes his head, goes, "Man, New York, huh? New York's pretty shitty." Goes back inside. I'm going to go on record is uh, I think those people might be the worst people. Like I understand there's there's offenders and there's victims, mm-hmm. but I think the bystander who does nothing might be the worst one of all. Because it look a criminal is a criminal is a criminal. I mean they. They are and know what they do, but the people that just stand by and be like, eh, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They feel worse somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just throwing that yeah. out there. But he does he does give a report to the police. 
as an eyewitness. Later, after yeah. there's a murder and yeah, I don't know, it's a strange time to come forward and also how did they find him? Mm-hmm. You know, did he just like, oh, there was a murder? I wonder if it's the same girl. It's the same girl? All right, I guess I'll say something. Like, really? That's what yeah. it took? You know? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. After this, this is when we're introduced to Tom Atkins, who's mm-hmm. who's investigating it. And he doesn't buy it. He's like, no, I don't think these guys did it. Well, they go to the mortuary. Or they go to the morgue. Yeah. The, the medical examiner's office, which was not Jack Klugman, and I was very upset. But this begins, <laughs> something is very common in this movie. His, I, I don't know, who, the guy he's traveling with is not his partner, because we never, I don't think we ever see this guy again. We see him once later. Once, he starts screaming. At yeah. Things, but. but I mean, he's with this guy, and it begins this, New York cops are not equipped to be New York cops. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. He walks in and sees the dead girl on the table and like immediately is like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. And it's like, dude, haven't like you're wearing plain clothes. You're a detective. And I'm assuming the fact that you're working with Tom Atkins, I'd assume you're a homicide detective. How have you not seen a dead body and learned to cope with it? Yeah. None of these cops have seen any shit. Like usually you've got old grizzled cops like, oh, that guy's seen some shit. Nope. No one in this movie has ever seen anything ever. Because they're yeah. all horrified by everything. Right. Well, I mean, he's just immediately like, he's like trying to point out police stuff. I mean, Tommy Atkins mm-hmm. is like one of the few people trying to be a cop in this entire movie mm-hmm. of people yeah. that are, are in cop uniforms not being cop-like at all, mm-hmm. including the titular maniac cop. Yes. But he's like, oh, look at the size of the contusions. You're going to tell me these two, you know, teenagers did this and they had the strength to lift her up over and like, because the guy's like, oh, not only she break her neck or trachea is crushed and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're saying these two teenagers did that. Mm-hmm. Two teenage, purse snatching teenagers did this. No, I don't think mm-hmm. so. Right. And immediately the guy's like, we're going to go. And he's like, okay, great. Wonderful police work. So he's <laughs> like, he's the lone theorist on this that no way it could be these two kids. Yeah. And I think we get a meeting with uh, the commissioner and the chief and everything that kind of like, Sets up the, well, you know, we got reports that this guy was in a police uniform. And they're like, yeah, I don't buy it. Anyone could go get a uniform. Blah, just make it disappear kind of thing. Yeah, just keep it to yourself. Right. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I, I believe we get uh, Maniac Cops uh, crime number two. It's just a random couple in a car. Mm-hmm. At, a, at the longest traffic light oh, yeah. stop in the world. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of got the impression it was like Maniac Cop changed the light somehow, <gasps> you know, to make them stop. You know, like... He, Went into the signal. I don't mm-hmm. know. Whatever. Because I use Gremlins technology, <laughs> or the little box that cops can do that. I know. <laughs> but the I'm saying, box. I'm pretty sure if you look at the light, both sides were red. Like oh, both directions were oh, red. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think he was like targeting somebody yeah. to stop at this intersection. Anyway, he makes this car stop. Two drunk people stumbling home from a bar in a car, mm. and he <laughs> just like they're stopped at this traffic light, and he just night stip nightstick uh, taps on the window and he's like come here buddy he, he never says anything he's just no. like using his white glove finger to like come on buddy come out of the car mm-hmm. and she's like you better do what he says so he goes out of the car stands in front of the car and it's like he's on his own he's like trying to do the field sobriety test he's like head back trying to touch his nose with his mm-hmm. finger and robert zadar pulls out his nightstick which also apparently has a hidden sword or long knife yes. inside of it pulls it out the girl sees it starts screaming and she guts this guy and then flings him at the window now she slides over because it's you know it's an old car with mm-hmm. you know no, non, you non, non bucket seats right so she she slides over but like he's cracked partially through the wind window yeah and 
and spraying blood and spraying all blood, over blood, the like, windshield. Right through the holes that have actually gone through, and, like all over her. So she's just screaming and panicking and mm-hmm. throwing and drive, and she gets away. Yeah, you know, and like, she puts on the windshield wipers, yeah, which just does. smear blood yes, all over the of windshield. Course. Yeah, she, that'll buff right out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, but she gets away, and um, it, we never see her again. But maybe this is when we actually see uh, Richard Roundtree and company because they're discussing like, oh, you know. Obviously, there's something going on. Like she, she got away. Reports mm-hmm. of a cop. Guy dressed as a cop. This is, this is starting to sound like we have a, a thing. Yeah, and you know? and this and Tom Atkins goes to him and is and they have this conversation where he's like, I don't think it was the kids because of the you know the contusions, everything. It's not right. it's not lining up. I think it's somebody. I think it might actually be a cop doing this. Right. I'm just and saying. He's like, like, and you know, and Richard Roundtree's like, no, fuck off. Yeah. It's not a, it's not one of us. It's somebody trying to make us look bad. And also, like, uh, what do you want me to do? Go through the psych eval of every single officer? And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, start with people who have a troubled possible history. Or, mm-hmm. He's like, well, what about you? You lost your partner, and your suddenly your gun just went off. And he's like, you know, like that just happened ten days after you lost your partner. Does that seem convenient? Maybe it's you. And he's like, look. All we know is it's like a white male over six feet tall and obviously strong enough to pick somebody up off the ground and, and break mm. their neck. He's like, that doesn't give me a lot to go on. It's like, that's a pretty good start. You know, like, yeah. like that's, that's you know, a better start than most. Yeah, that's 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 better than a you know completely cold case. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is all like first act like, man, it's just like, bam, that they are they are hot on the trail. Like they have clues. They have ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a yeah, and road Will- detective who doesn't believe what everybody else believes. Yeah. And William Smith shows up somewhere around here right. and he's the police captain. He's like, we got to find this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this son of a bitch is going to pay. Well, I think he was the one like, well, no, was it him or Shaft that was uh, telling him about the, you know, oh, come on. You're not squeaky clean mentally either. Uh, it was Shaft. That was Shaft. Okay, I thought he was talking to William Smith, which is weird that he yeah. would directly address, the commissioner would directly address this mm-hmm. detective guy, but whatever. So, so we're about 10, 15 minutes in. Yeah. And this is when we're finally introduced to Bruce Campbell. Right. Where yeah. he is purposefully, in the first scene he's in with his wife, mm-hmm. who his wife is clipping out all of these newspaper clippings of the murders. Yeah. And is keeping a scrapbook of all the murders. Yeah. Which we find out later why she's doing it, but... Do we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think we, we do, do, but I mean, it's like we but, find out because it was in the script. It's like, yeah. there's not really a logical reason. Here. Well, there kind of is, but she, they She's purposefully in, job. in, yeah, in the beginning, like in the first scenes he's in, they purposely only shoot him from behind. Right. And he's getting, he's, he's, he's getting dressed in like, you know, a beat cops uniform, yeah. similar to yep. maniac cop and you know, white gloves, nightstick, all the guns. Yep. And he, he, he's all of his dialogue is, you know, 80 yard because mm-hmm. his back's to her. But it's basically. And, and we should also say, like, all the shots of Robert Zadar, maniac cop, have been obscured as well. Like, we mm-hmm. we have not seen any face. Basically don't see his face until like like last 20 minutes. Like, yeah, there's finally where a shot where it's like, OK, it's a movie where being us and knowing Robert Zadar. We know immediately, okay, yeah, it's right. Robert Zadar that's killing everyone. But, you know, it, in 1988, yeah, that would have been awesome. Like, sure. to not, if you didn't know who Robert Zadar was either and know how distinctive he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they hired two guys with, I mean, they don't compare in shape or style, but I mean, two guys that are known for, uh, you know, very Chin. unique jaw, uh, chins and jawlines. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they don't really match up, but it's both like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's him. You know, he's pretty tall and he's got an interesting chin. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. But either way, they go to great lengths to shoot Bruce Campbell from behind sure. in these shots. And it's basically, she's having, she's saying, oh, I, I get worried when you go out, you're out all night all the time. You know, you 
You'd rather work overtime than stay than here with stay me. Stay here with me. And, and, and me wet blanket you all night. Yeah. And and he's we have problems. Yeah. We, we our marriage is not good. We've been to counseling. Blah yeah. blah blah. You know, it, it's a lot of a lot yeah. of backstory kind of dropped on you real quick. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just scrapbooking the homicidal killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm. I gotta go. I, I gotta go. Yeah. I don't have time. What for do this. you want me to do? I'm already on the duty roster. Yeah, gotta so, go. Bye. Bye. And she's yep. like, I don't. Bl- I don't. I don't yeah. trust any of this. Or no, she gets a phone call. Well, well, yeah. Well, she she sits back down, and like the second he walks out the door, the phone rings, mm-hmm. and it's somebody that says, "Oh, he's going out to kill again, isn't he?" Yeah. And she's it's like, "Why do you keep him. calling me?" Yeah. Yeah, because she said she hears voices, and she's not sure if you know if she hears noises in the in the apartment mm-hmm. and she hears voices and she's just not sure so it's it's very much presented like is she crazy is this voice all in her head yeah you know but so she goes and puts a coat on and grabs a gun and follows him mm-hmm. to which she finds him in a hotel yes uh wailing away on chick from samurai cop 2 wailing away <laughs> i mean to be fair it might as well have been a blow-up doll i mean i don't, I don't really think there's a crime here it's- not enough human there to compute. All right. Constitute. All right. Yeah. Stop. But, but, no. but she busts in, finds him having an affair with another cop. She doesn't bust in. She gets a key from the guy oh, yeah. at the desk, which I'm sorry. You're a bad hotel clerk guy. And I know that was the director, but still, yeah. you're a terrible hotel but clerk. But yeah, for, for a no tell motel. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, oh, man, I don't know who rented that room. Yeah. Beats me. Yeah, and what a weird like hotel room it is because like the entryway is not connected to the bedroom in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of cheap ass hotel is this to where yeah. like you walk in and that you, has a room structure? Yeah, and doesn't have like yeah. immediate access to the bedroom. Like, she has to wander around this apartment like mm-hmm. hotel. Honestly, looking at this motel, like this would be the kind of place you'd be lucky if the bathroom was a self contained. room. Yeah, like the toilet yeah. would be in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no. Yeah, but either way, he he's like she is freaking out and he's like oh no well i was gonna tell you i didn't want you to find out like this yeah like you know no one does (laughs) (laughs) this is oh oh, honey so glad you're here Uh, yeah i'm fucking her uh this is exactly how i wanted to tell you i wanted to (laughs) wait at least until we were done surprise (laughs) christ i've been going out every night suspiciously i've just been waiting for you to follow me and it's about Mm -hmm. time you did because man i've just this is how i wanted to tell you but she immediately pulls a gun on him (laughs) right and you know, and then they the other the other woman is just like, you just let her go. Yeah, let, let her. He's trying to talk her down. Yeah, and, and she's and, like, I was gonna shoot both of you. Yeah, and the lady Lorraine Landon who he's with is just like, just let her, just shut up, let her go. Yeah, let she her. She has leave. the gun. Yeah, you don't. So she leaves, mm-hmm. and she goes outside, and is immediately grabbed by maniac cop. She gets maniac copped. Yeah, she <laughs> sucked into a van. Yep. <laughs> um. And then uh, the next the next scene is the maid going to clean up the room mm-hmm. and finding her with her throat slashed yeah laying on the bed very upset yeah well you know maids yes. they're 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 not they've the coroner or anything no they've seen some shit but yeah but i mean again this is like i mean they're given used this to, given this motel yeah they're yeah. used to this mopping is, up bodily fluids this in that is hotel probably but not still. her first body I no mean, and you could tell from the way she walked in because she was like this lamp is knocked over fuck what else have oh, they done in here? here just looking around like god yeah. what am i gonna find in here oh dear lord yeah <laughs> so yeah and and this is the point where the police you know the police are briefing everybody they're like hey man you know shit's real yeah, they're, ha- they're having like their Hill Street Blues briefing. Yeah, because because in between this, Tom Atkins has gone to a reporter 
and basically leaked the story that, mm-hmm. hey, we're kind of hiding this, but it's, you know, I, I don't know what he thinks it's going to help because well, it 100% makes things worse for the cops. It does, but I, I think his initial plan was probably with good intentions of basically like, hey, there's a crazy cop out there. Don't run to it for help because that's how the first lady yeah. died was please help me officer oh no i'm dead mm-hmm. so i think the thought was okay i gotta get this out there yeah because but, but he basically tells the news hey there's you know we've been kind of suppressing what the real deal is mm-hmm. these three murders have all been committed by somebody who looks like a cop you know who's pretending to be a cop yeah and and theirs is basically and the news is basically don't trust anyone who's a cop so they have all these interviews with all these people that oh, not not but that's after uh the random old lady gets stopped because that's the first thing that, yeah. like, well, okay. well, the news, well, well, yeah, as they're doing, as they're giving the report yeah. of, like, first it's like, you know, voiceover, like, news mm-hmm. is happening, you know, the like, cops, you know, what can we trust them? But this old lady gets pulled over and she's su- in panic mode. She's in super panic mode. It's like this, is, and she's also wearing gloves, which is like kind of suspicious in and of itself that mm-hmm. nobody's done that with cars for, well, definitely not in 1988. But. She's a racer. <laughs> okay. I buy that she's a racist, but not a racer. Yeah. Well, um, but she gets pulled over by a cop. Yeah, and and again, or no, her car is dead or, basically, yeah. and a cop shows up to help her. Mm-hmm. Right, taps but, on, taps on the window and just stands there while she digs in her purse, pulls out a gun, and turns says, around. And, You're like, not going to get me, and yeah. shoots him in the forehead, like right. between the eyes. Like yeah, again with the gloves. I'm going to go with that was way too good of a shot that mm-hmm. uh, this old lady was mm-hmm. uh, some kind of like crime syndicate person she was know. licensed yeah it's new know. york everyone I, I, knows how to shoot i know i know the next the next shot is richard roundtree going she thought he was gonna kill her this is a complete bullshit right we gotta deal with this yeah so so okay so the cops are having their briefing and william smith goes and pulls bruce campbell out mm-hmm. and pulls him into the hallway and is like look we need to talk about your wife and he's like Oh God! Did she call you? That's she shouldn't be bothering yeah, our you. With business our business is yeah. our business. He's like, no, she's dead. Yeah, he's and, like, and he gets into a very graphic description of how she died. Yeah, he's like, you want to see the pictures of her throat cut? Yeah, from here yeah. to here. Bruce Campbell's like, no, <laughs> I don't. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> but it's immediately like, so you were having problems with your wife, and it's like, oh God, here we go. So mm-hmm. it's immediately like Bruce Campbell taken into an interrogation room. Where he's like, you're the maniac cop, aren't you? Admit it. And his lawyer shows up. And yeah, and, and he doesn't want to give up the other cop because he doesn't want to mess up her reputation. Right. you know, lady yeah, cop. Totally. It's, yeah. it's hard to be on the force and be mm-hmm. a lady, so you don't want to ruin that. Yeah, which is kind of like, and and he and his, and his lawyer is just like, all right, so we get it, you know, is a fit of rage. We mm-hmm. can play that card. And he's like, no, I didn't kill her. It wasn't me. And he's like. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that, oh, all right. Well, that's I, very I different. Wasn't huh? expecting that. Yeah. Let me get and, this and, other fall, and basically, file. <laughs> basically, they kind of make this like, listen, they'll they'll catch this guy by Friday, or he'll do something else, mm-hmm. and it'll show that it wasn't me, and yep. then you know we won't have to get her involved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, his one and only alibi. He's not willing to you know call upon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, so and at what point does Tom Atkins kind of believe his story? Well, there's a point a to point b to point c thing somewhere along the way where he uh, or he's he goes uh, tom atkins goes to see him in a jail cell Mm -hmm. and bruce campbell's like yeah i've been seeing this lady and he's like sweet all right good job guy he's like yeah she can give you some information and and tom atkins goes to her stakeout where she's out pretending to be you Mm -hmm. know a hooker to to get guys and so this is this is 
a fun bit in this movie because it's total fantasy universe time. Yeah. Uh, to where, so she's fake hookering and, you know, businessman pulls up in car like, hey, baby, let me show you a good time. And mm-hmm. and she's like, yeah, you should totally show me a good yeah. time. You're, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you want to offer me money for sexual contact? And he's like, wait, are you a cop? And she's like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. and he's she goes, like, you said the magic words. <laughs> right. And he's like, Thank you very much. I'm going home now. And she's like, enjoy your drive. She's like, you better go home to your wife right now. And he's like, I will, but I'll be thinking of you. Yeah. And, and she's like, bye now. And it's like, wait, what on this earth? Is the first time in the history of anything ever where they're like, literally, legitimately, yeah, I'm a cop. Yep. Go on to your way now. You better yeah. not do this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is like so happy and go so happy go lucky that like people would have entrapment parties. Like, yeah. hey, <laughs> every let's, time let's, every shot show up, like, yeah. did you come here for the party? I'm not saying I didn't come here for the party. <laughs> right. Every time I've seen cops, it's are you a cop? No, baby, I'm a cop. You're under arrest. It's like mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but, she, but legitimately, like the least realistic thing in this entire movie. Yeah. Yes. Is is that? Yeah. And this is a movie about an undead cop. <laughs> so, like, she goes she goes wandering off into an alley, because, I don't know, and Maniac Cop is there, mm-hmm. and starts to strangle her. And she pulls out a gun and shoots Maniac Cop. Mm-hmm. And, and Tom Atkins has just pulled up. Yeah. And, it, you know, hears the shots and runs over. And he starts unloading his gun into Maniac Cop. So she empties her gun into Maniac Cop, and then Maniac Cop disappears. Yeah. And they're like, huh. And it, he does the disappearing act so well yeah. that you're wondering if there's some supernatural thing going on or yes. what. You or, know. I mean, I'm wondering for the fact that he took no less than six rounds. Mm-hmm. Including a couple to the head well, according that to her, she says. According to her. She's but, a cop. But I, regardless, <laughs> let's, let's say it was six rounds to the chest. The fact that he didn't buckle or move or do anything, yeah. even but, with a vest. Right. Well, you, you're, you have multiple broken ribs. Yeah. And they, you're in lots of pain. They cut to them in a in a bar. And, you know, the first thing she says is, I, he's not wearing a vest. I know mm-hmm. I put several shots into well, him. Well, I think There's she says, n- even if he is wearing a vest, I, I put a yeah. couple in the head. Well, she says his hands were cold yeah. and he wasn't breathing. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so we're like, okay. Yeah, well, right. yeah, and, and Tommy Hansen is like, let's just table that for now and let's like sort this out a right. little bit more. And that's where they get to the whole like. Well, he, he's like, here's my apartment key. Go there. I'm going to have a secret knock. Don't open the door for anybody. Take a cab. Bye. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to your supervisor. Right, but before, like, she he gets the information out of her that she told one person about her affair with Bruce Campbell, which was mm-hmm. this lady mm-hmm. who works in like the records room. Yes. So yeah, he's like, who? Yeah, she has a leg brace, walks with a leg. Yeah, he she she describes like six distinctive things about her, and it's not until like the very last thing where it's like, oh yeah, okay, you mean Sally? Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the leg brace, limp cane thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like sometimes microwaves tuna yeah. oh fuck oh, yes Sally. jesus christ that oh, okay okay yeah. Oh, yeah. tuna sally yeah. <laughs> bring in your tuna helper from last night and microwave it on our watch that's oh. great sally <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> that's how they get to the point of 
figuring that out. Well, and- yeah, he goes to see her and is like, she's, I mean, immediately is like, what, who, why, why are you here? God, like, nobody ever comes so to the records room. Fucking shifty and weird. And, and he's just like, hey, I, you know, I know this lady. I think we, we, we have a common acquaintance. Yeah. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, I, I know Mallory. She's like, oh, yeah, Mallory. She's, oh, is she all right? She's great. And he's like, well, no. Because, uh, <laughs> He, cause she kind of got attacked and almost killed by uh, like a cop who might have been a maniac. Yeah. She's like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she's like, was she okay? She's like, she's fine now. Yeah, yeah that's you know oh. hand thing here. Yeah. All right, great. All right, um, see you around. <laughs> yeah, because he got knifed in the with this uh, nightstick sword thing. Uh huh. He got knifed. <laughs> in yeah, this. he got cut yeah. in the hand. Yeah. yeah. They told I don't know. Him what an accident shaving. Right. Yes, this is what I, he tells that. that guy to death. And the other cops like, yeah, whatever, man. Right. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we are New York cops. We don't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's just like, yeah, I guess this is all fine and good and not shifty at all. Right. Bye. Yeah. And so she's immediately like, I am totally shifty. So I'm going to get in a car and immediately incriminate myself, uh-huh. which so, she does. She just leaves work and gets in a car and drives to Pier 14. And immediately cr- incriminates herself. Yeah. And, and he's goes like, to, goes to see Robert Zadar um, cop. Follow her because yeah. she obviously knows what's up. So yeah. yeah, she goes to meet Maniac Cop, who's and, just chilling at the pier. Yeah. Just sitting there. And he's like listening to the conversation that they're kind of, I mean, I mean, I get the impression he's not super close, but close enough. He maybe heard something, but I don't know. He does the old like, oh, I shifted he did. around. He heard enough. He heard, he enough heard the name. He heard his name. Right. Yes. Like, like the maniac cop's name. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he does the I'm, you know, I've been kneeling here behind this, you know, fish traps and all this for long enough that I have to turn and knock over a board. Right. And, and <laughs> the shifty cop lady, Sally, is just like. What was that? Blam, blam, blam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's, Who's there? over there? Yeah, just immediately like let's let's respond with gun yep. and shoots over there. And of course he's you know he's far enough away that he gets away. And you hear a cat go Meow, and she doesn't go like oh that was just a cat. Yeah, no. But oh. she turns back around and Maniac Cop is gone again. Right. Mm-hmm. Vanish because he knows how to vanish. He does because he's and just very ghost. convenient for him. And yes. Tommy Atkins is leaving and like gets stopped by a security guard. And they have a little exchange, which really only serves to uh, basically say like yeah you know. I should be getting hazard pay because I'm wearing a, you know, a security guard uniform with a badge and I'm not going to be here that much longer. They're, pl- they're shutting this place down a couple of weeks. It's all rotting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's all going to fall into the river. Right. And we're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for that bit of so info. So he, he leaves. And yeah. um, is this where he, does he go to see? No, he already met Bruce Campbell because he got the name. Right. Yeah. What Tom Atkins does next is he goes to. Oh, he takes uh, like a different records room or yeah, something. He looks and, like he gets all the newspaper clippings of that cop. Okay. Of yeah. Maniac cop when he was a cop. Yeah. yeah. But then doesn't he take, he takes Mallory to go see Bruce Campbell or is that later? Uh, that's right after this. Yeah. Yeah. He, he basically, he gets all this information about this guy and finds out, okay, well, you know, he was, he was, he was the best cop ever. Yeah. He was the best cop ever, but he, Shot first, asked questions later. He a little was just, trigger heavy. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a loose cannon. Yes, mm-hmm. though they don't say that, no. unfortunately. But no, he just. But the other cop is just like, <laughs> yeah, he was pretty badass, but he also kind of did shit illegally. So they, you know, you can't kill that many suspects and get away with it. The well, other, because like all the newspaper clippings he looks at are like, like what was his name, Matt Coleman, I think, uh, or Cordell, Matt Cordell, and yeah. they're like. Cordell kills again. Yes. You know, it's like Cordell hero murders seven muggers. You know, it's yeah. just, and they've got one newspaper article has his name like a fucking like just evil Knievel because it's like he's got an asterisk between each letter yeah. of his last name. Just like 
more people killed by Cordell. Yeah, it's like C dot O dot yeah. R dot. Like the city at one point was just like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the best Woo! thing, other cop that's with him in this scene doesn't look like a cop at all. He looks like a like a 70s televangelist. Yeah. It's yeah. The, oh, he's, yeah. he's got big this like face sweaty man. Yeah, big face sweaty, like looks unnaturally red slash tan. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It's just like, no. where'd you find this guy? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and all that stuff kind of ties back, you know, and he's like, yeah, but they, he got arrested and he got sent up to the pen because right. sing, sing. yeah, but um, this kind of ties into everything she was doing where she was like, you know, I, I know you want to get back at all those people who wronged you, Matt, and, but you can't just keep killing innocent people for no reason too. Right. It's yeah. like, it's not going to work. I know you want the mayor. I know you want the police chief. I know you want to take them all out, but yeah. It's I, not going to work. I knew you had the anger in your mat, but it, why are you killing these innocent people, yeah. basically? Which is kind of like when this thing started and um, what was her name? Chelsea or whatever. The, the random lady that got killed. Mm-hmm. Cassie um, gets killed in the beginning. I was just like, oh, I was thinking Maniac Cop was Maniac Cop was going to be like a more active Dexter, you know, like going right. after criminals and, yeah. you know, using excessive force. But nope. Uh, yeah. But he actually I don't think he kills any criminals. Um, not technically. No, no, no. There's no there's no hero kills. Yeah, by him, but I mean, technically, he did kill his accomplice, which we're getting to in a minute. But yeah, but, but mm-hmm. she's kind of a criminal. But like, okay, so Tom Atkins is leaving that records room, and he's just like, "Oh well, I guess he didn't have any family. That's a bummer. See you later." And the guy's mm-hmm. like, "Oh wait, no, he totally had a girlfriend." And he's like, "Really? That's interesting. Well, I got to go." And he's like, "No, she was. Uh, she wasn't much to look at. But, she uh, was unique and had, you know, yeah. she jumped out a window and now she's crippled and and he's like." Yeah, well, that's great. See you later. And then just like, again, keeps giving details of this lady. And then it's like, finally, the last one is it's like, ding. Yeah. She sometimes microwaved her tuna helper. And yeah, it's like, oh, God damn it. Sally. Fucking <laughs> tuna Sally. Who puts fish in the microwave? Yeah. I mean, really? So now he's got the whole plot in his head, which is just like the most ridiculous thing. But mm-hmm. he's like, he's on the page of okay i've got this i know exactly what's happening and we're still at the point where (laughs) and in maniac cop we have a flashback to him getting mutilated Mm -hmm. in prison yeah is is where Mm -hmm. yeah because he gets jumped he gets yeah he's sleeping in the pier yeah at the pier in sewage or whatever Mm -hmm. he's doing and (laughs) just in a heap of trash that's his bed good old maniac cop (laughs) but um but he's he's having a, a flashback to when he got mutilated because mm-hmm. they have not shown his face yet right and, and it's him in the shower and he gets jumped by well it's first it's him being led into prison and everybody giving him the stare down because they're like oh that's the maniac cop yeah and then <laughs> he's in the shower and he gets jumped by four guys and he's kind of he's beating the crap out of most of them but then he gets shanked in the back mm-hmm. and then they all cut his face apart yeah well they cut him all up I yeah mean, they stab the him everywhere is, is he's just sliced all the hell yeah yeah and so a thousand little cuts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dead. So he's he's messed up. He's but they, but they definitely have a shot of them like carving his cheek mm-hmm. open. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah all they that. definitely worked, went to work on his face. Yeah. But I mean, I think the implication they get was they get grindhousey with all yeah. of it yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So now we know that that's that's what's going on with him, and it's still it's kind of like it still feels supernatural almost, especially with the way she talked to him. Mm-hmm about getting his vengeance and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're still just kind of like, huh? All right then. Yeah. Yeah. But like 
it's kind of like, all right, I guess he's got some information, but he takes uh, Mallory to go see uh, Bruce Campbell. Yes. In the, in the jail. And right. like, he's like, yeah, she's going to help interrogate him with me. And basically he's just like, he shows up. It's like, Hey, you two are together now. And I know it's not you. We're looking into the guy. It is. It's yeah. this guy. So why don't you guys um, do yeah, whatever I, you want to do? I'm going to let you inter- <laughs> in- interview him a little bit by yourself. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Wink. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> leaves. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he goes into the records room again, and I'm not sure if he's just going to confront Sally or yeah, what he's doing. I guess he was looking for like a little bit more records, like he needs just that little bit more proof. Yeah. Or... So he's looking through her purse, mm-hmm. and he pulls out one of the white gloves, and goes, "Oh, huh?" And huh, suddenly another he gets clue. <laughs> yeah, suddenly he gets whacked on the head with the cane. Yeah, and she goes ballistic. Yeah. She's she, like, she's just going. Mental. He knows where he knows we're here. I can't stop him. Oh, He's, screaming at the top of her lungs! Why did you do this? Ah, yeah. I still love yeah. him. And, and it almost looks like she like stabs him through the gut with her cane, like like because he's just a bloody mess because mm-hmm. she is beating the shit well, out of I him. I think the implication the was she beat him on. She, he she, was defending himself with his arms. And yeah, he got she his, opened the wound. Yeah, on his he hand. got his billy yeah. club knife wound. All I know yeah. is he gets bloody quick. Yes, but he eventually, you know gets her away from him and gets up. Yeah, he grabs the cane and he's like, we can help, like we can do something about this. And she's like just in losing her shit mode. Yeah. And she's stumbling out into the hallway screaming. Mm -hmm. And that's when Maniac Cop grabs her through a door window. Yeah. He totally Freddy Krueger's her. Yep, just yanks her right into a room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he he basically defenestrates himself through the window and Mm -hmm. then yanks her through what's left to defenestrate. Yes. And so Tom Atkins eventually gets himself collected and goes in there and, and sees her, you know, Maniac Cops got her up on against the wall. Yeah, he's basically her. just banging her against the wall. Yeah. And Tom Atkins goes in and, and shoots him multiple times, but just shoots at the both of them. Just yeah, like, right. just, hey, stop, blah, blah, blah. Just firing everywhere. Yes. Um, All the while, this is this isn't a police station. Yes. And nobody is reacting. No. Nope. Nope. Anyway. So just continuing. Um. Yeah, so eventually, like, she, or he, Maniac Cop drops her, and she's on, she's laying on this table, she's pretty much dead, Mm -hmm. and Tom Atkins goes in and just starts trying to hit him, shoot him, anything, and Maniac Cop's having none of it, and just throws him into this row of file cabinets. Yeah, he's, Mm -hmm. like, banging him against each, each cabinet individually. Yeah. And so, like, eventually, the girl in there with Bruce Campbell is like, Hmm. Do you hear something? Well, she's kind of hitting the buzzer like, man, it's like, let's, let's get out of here. Yeah, we like, should probably, like, there's somebody gunshots, get me. something's up, so let us out. And then realizes that the door's just open. Yeah, door's just, you know, <laughs> oh, okay. totally open. So walks out and, you know, goes over to the guard who was, you know, guarding the room and it's like, hey, why didn't you answer the buzzer? And then pushes him a little bit and he falls back dead. And she just goes full horror movie scream lady. Just, yeah. just. To be fair, I think um, Sally noticed the first dead body. Yes, she did. Because there was a guy, there was a cop yeah, hanging, hanging that she bumped into and she was like, oh God, and that's when she got defenestrated. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was the first like, okay, he's here and he's already killed some cops. Right. Yeah. So, you know, lady, yeah. lady but yeah, sees, she, she overreacts and is like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And then and Bruce Campbell him, comes out and is like, oh fuck. Yeah. Because there's another one now. who's been hung by his handcuffs mm-hmm. and they're just like, what the hell? <laughs> right. So yeah. Bruce Campbell is suddenly, I'm now action man. Mm-hmm. time to be the hero of this movie which is really strange because he has done literally nothing up until this yep, point right and we are probably into the third act at this point yeah. well i think that um i think that mallory like 
is like fuck this shit and runs outside mm-hmm. because she's well, downstairs. He and tells like, her he tells her get out of here. Right. Go downstairs and if I'm not down in five minutes, hotwire Atkins's car and, and get, leave. Yeah, because yeah, he's hotwire. like, well, how did you get here? And she was like, Atkins's uh, car. Right. He's like, fuck. Yeah. All right. So because <laughs> so oh, so so she goes downstairs. She's trying to start a car mm-hmm. or sitting in the car and. Mm-hmm. Atkins gets thrown out the window onto another car. Yeah, the taxi dead. that's parked next to like, him. Just dead. Yep. He's, you know, he's out of the movie. Yep. The guy mm-hmm. that's basically been the main character of the movie. Gone. Dead. Yep. And the only one who can corroborate their story. Right. Yes. Because Bruce Campbell now is like, all right, there's, yep. I'm tired of these dead cops everywhere. I got to get out of here. And rounds the corner. And that's, of course, when three cops magically like, oh, shit, you're Bruce Campbell. Why are you out of the cage? <laughs> right. Yeah. Didn't hear any of that other gunfire, yeah. screaming, bloody murder, no. anything else. And Bruce Campbell's just like, get and, on the ground. And of course, I didn't do cop this. has vanished completely. <laughs> yes, sure, of course. Of course. Yeah. And so he's like standing there next to dead bodies and he's like, uh, gun, it wasn't me. Put, yeah. your, put your guns down. I'm yeah. leaving. I'm totally innocent now. And get yeah, on the ground. yeah, get on the ground face down. And like, there's a quick little banter between the two of them. Where one of them was like, should we go after him or something? He's like, well, he said he didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um so they're away and the next plan is uh they're going to go to the prison, which as she points out or go to the go to Sing Sing where where Robert Zadar was locked up and shanked and everything else. Yeah, yeah cuz Tom Tom she, Atkins had a appointment with the the coroner, the 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 physician who yeah, works yeah. there. Um and and she she points out rightfully so like you're one of the most wanted people by the cops right now and you want to go to a prison. And he's like what other choice do I have? Basically, like, well, you have lots of choice. Drive to Jersey. Right. <laughs> Just go away. You're really not tied to this at all, even though the movie kind of pretended that you uh, are. You know, let's see. Let's see. Jail or Jersey? I mean, <laughs> well, that's a good yeah. point. And Connecticut, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so they go to the jail. Uh, he pretends to be Atkins when he goes in, signs in that way. Um, they go to see the doctor, and he's kind of telling him the story or whatever. And then, it, you know, yeah, he got shanked, and like, yeah, I did the you know examination, and then usually there's no you know big ceremony with these people we don't stitch them back together like a funeral home it's just like we put them in a pine box and bury them up in like some field a potter's yeah. field or something like yeah that. we stitch them up so they don't just explode right <laughs> and put them in a box yeah um, and they're like did you do that for this guy and they're like i don't know well, let me check he's like yeah i picked up the pieces and put them in a box <laughs> yeah and he's like i can look it up and he's like yeah, yeah yeah i don't know somewhere along the way they basically accuse him of like he's not dead right and, he, yeah. and the guy's like um uh, uh, let me tell you what sort of happened yeah yeah and- yeah basically he, he was really messed up but he, he was basically brain dead so a lady came along and convinced me that i should let him go and that he'd be no threat he just if I put him back in the population, he, they were going to finish just, it off. Yeah, so uh, so, so I let him go, and then so they're something like, something happened. And wait a minute, who are you? Let yeah. me see your badge <laughs> now. Let me see your identification. And he's <laughs> like, well, Atkins is dead, killed yeah. by this guy, and he's like, I want nothing to do with this. Get out of my office. I'm not. I'm going to pretend you were never here. Yeah. You know, blah. You know, here's yeah. all, here's all this information dump, but you know, yeah. I'm not going to help corroborate any of this. So just get out of my office. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, he gives them all that information. Then it's just like, wait, who are you? Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I put this guy. I'm not talking. Well, you. I love like that he's basically like, I'm just listen. No harm, no foul. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you well, don't tell anybody about this. Like, dude, he was, I don't tell anyone you were here. He was, yeah. he was brain dead. I didn't lie. Yeah, no. I didn't lie when he said he was dead. I just, I left off the brain part. He was legally dead. Yeah, legally dead. <laughs> so I did my job. Yeah. Legally dead. Yeah. Nothing I could do. Not my job. <laughs> um. Then their plan is is like oh suddenly all of a sudden it's uh, St. Patrick's, Day, Patrick's Day and yeah. we're told that because some assistant comes into the doctor's office and hands him a green tie and he's like what's this for and he's like it's St. Patrick's Day yeah which is just an excuse <laughs> that they threw in the movie so that they could hard cut over to the New York St. Patrick's Day parade mm-hmm. um, of which Sam Raimi has gotten <laughs> probably not 
totally legitimate footage. Uh-huh. Yeah. As far as like not totally legal to yes. grab this. Sam Raimi has shown up as a television reporter covering the parade, but yep. also shot a bunch of footage of this parade, and I guarantee you there were no permits involved in this. No, probably not. <laughs> not a one. So there's some really nice looking footage of parades. You know, mm-hmm. not at all. It, it's it's kind of too bad because we, we skipped over. I, I think I interrupted it to change the the order of things. There was a part of the newscast earlier where they were interviewing random people on the street. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was just a it was a, you know, Whitman sampler of people of like, you know, basically like, yeah, I don't trust cops. I see cops. I walk to the other side of the street and mm-hmm. like, you know, another guy's like, yeah, cops shoot my friends all the time. Mm-hmm. And why I didn't trust them before. Why would I do it now? All that kind of thing. And they kind of missed their opportunity because there's shots clearly in this parade of police, police prinks, precincts participating in the parade, participating in the parade. That was a lot of peas. Yep. Um, <laughs> and they didn't like do any kind of cutaway shots of people like boo in the crowd or something. Right. Like, there's a like, few. There's <laughs> a few signs that are like you know they, cop killer. They yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they had both spilled with K's. Yeah. But <laughs> could have gone out of their way. But I guess yeah. it would look, look like what's a siller? Yeah. Ice <laughs> tea was right. Yeah. You know. Cop siller. Yeah. But in, yeah, there's a little bit of that. But I mean, I think they could have like built it up a little bit more where like people are like, <laughs> they were just lucky to get that parade sure. footage. <laughs> Anywho. So, yes, yeah, Sam Raimi shows up briefly. And other than it's just like, I don't know, production value. I mean, I felt oh, like it was, absolutely. It was like the it was. Super 8 section of like, I don't know. It doesn't have anything in the movie. But production value is yeah. great. Let's go. I think the trivia section said that they used this to secure additional funding from investors. They were like, sure. look how good our movie looks. Right. It's a parade. <laughs> we got the budget for it. The yeah. Parade. yeah. See, <laughs> look what we shot. Yeah. But, but it, it just serves that like Shaft and company are about to go participate in this parade. Mm hmm. And the cops are generally kind of lackadaisical, like they haven't been for the re- re- you know rest of this movie. But it is a moment where Bruce Campbell's like, I'm just going to stand on the corner here. Yeah, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. Mallory, you go ahead and go on in there. And I don't know what they expected to happen because, I mean, seriously, she goes into like Shaft's office. It's like, oh, you, you're the girlfriend of the guy they were looking for. Get her. Yeah. You know, like it's <laughs> right. Yeah. She's I mean, straight up like yeah. basically arrested as soon as yeah, like she, she makes it into the commissioner's office. But immediately it's like, no, nah. yeah, like uh, grab her. Well, she explains well, no, William Smith brings her in. He's like, look who walked in. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And then she's to murder. <laughs> and she explains like, no, no, it's it's this guy, Matt. Who, and they're all just like, <laughs> that guy yeah. died, you idiot. And also I have this phone call from Tom Atkins. Listen to this where Tom Atkins called Shaft and said, Hey, and gave, listen, I gave him the most vague yeah. description of the murder uh, yeah. suspect like, and the murder guy yeah. doing this is being helped by a lady. Yeah, he has <laughs> he has someone in the department, probably his girlfriend. Yeah. And that and that's so, how he's being helped. I'll be yeah, here until you want to call me back. <laughs> and what's funny is it's like all of this vague stuff adds like adds up to point precisely at them. Yeah. Like like Bruce Campbell's mm-hmm. wife keeping mm-hmm. this scrapbook and having a diary. Oh, yeah. We didn't even because she's a crazy yeah. person. Yeah. She has this diary that's basically I think he might be the killer. I'm right. not sure. Things aren't going well in the marriage, you mm-hmm. know. So he's probably a murderer. Yeah. So he's probably the one murdering everybody right. instead of just being Bruce Campbell. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, like Shaft and William Smith are basically like, we got to get to the parade. Uh, yeah. Beefy McSargent if you're, if you're over here is here. Stories. Yeah. To, to book her. She's mm-hmm. in, clearly involved in this. Just yeah. take her to jail and right now. Yeah. And she's like, if you he's still out there and he's probably going to try and kill you if yeah. you if you go down. Yeah, like, they, he actually specifically wants to kill you. Both of you. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I me, a cop there. has a reason. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, that guy's dead. Yeah, that guy's you're dead. crazy. Whatever. 
He was yeah. a good cop, and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. So they walk out into the hallway and over to the elevator, and yeah. they shut the the door shuts where there's just these two little windows to where you can see their heads mm-hmm. waiting for the elevator, and in the window behind them, you just see giant blade come up behind them. Yep. And then maniac cop just fucking murders both of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just right there, yep. dead. They're dead. So meanwhile, she is still in the room with you know Sergeant Mustache, who's coming. Sergeant in. Pigface, because yeah. like this guy comes in and like he's like. He's trying to out William Smith. William Smith. He's a like, little bit, yeah. Hey, like, lady, he's, yeah well, he's he's like he's like early day. Hasn't smoked a uh, fourteen thousand cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> right. William Smith. Um, yeah. And is at first we're like, oh, because he's like, well, we got the commissioner's roomed all to ourselves. So why be in a hurry? And we're yeah, like, and it's like, oh, oh no, gross. please. And then don't. It, like you know, we go see them get killed, and then it comes back, and he's like, look, I could really use this collar. Just yeah. tell me everything there is about it. Which, just give me some which, information. Thank you, movie. For get, I mean, if that was an intentional swerve, we were like, yeah. we're supposed to think, oh, great, yeah. 80s, you know, rapist asshole guy. Yeah, just gross cop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I said, nice, nice swerve there. Because, yeah. like, he's just like, no, I want all the information. I might believe you if you can give me all the proof that I can be the one that turns this I in. can use this <laughs> collar. And, uh, you know, she's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, yeah. we're still looking. No one believes me. We don't have anything concrete. And he's just like, ah, what good are you? And so he cuffs her and is like, he cuffs her to him mm-hmm. and is basically dragging her down the yeah. hallway. The entire time complaining that everyone else is at the parade and he's stuck there with her. Right. Yeah. He's just like, like I'm here with you. <laughs> and he, even, he even does a, cl- a classic thing of like, and one more thing. You know, like he's, 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 yeah. he's going on his whole rant. He's like, and one more thing. And of course, around the corner, stab, you know, yeah, because <laughs> that's, you know, I, I wonder how many in movies someone should do a count how many people's last words have been one and one more and thing. one more thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah steve so jobs it's, final words yes. it's, it's basically well, it's basically the movie equivalent of hey y'all watch this yes exactly <laughs> because and one more thing and he's dead and now she's handcuffed to him and basically dragging him down the hallway as he's dying he's not mm-hmm. even dead he's just like Mm-hmm, and yeah. tried like and she gets to the door tries to open it and the dead bodies from the commissioner and the yep. chief are on the other side so she's stuck again yeah, she can't so get she goes there. into like a supply room mm-hmm. well it ends up being like a break room right. yeah and and she uh, fishes his keys out she um, finally gets his keys out he uh, hears johnny's through the window or through the door right she throws a chair out the window to which right. bruce campbell's like huh and all the other cops are rightfully finally like, huh? Like what? And she jumps out like on the balcony thing and essentially just gets away. Like he's reaching at her, but she gets on the fire escape and mm-hmm. is yelling at the cops the entire time of like, he's up there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like she's and, getting and away. And some do run in. Some of the cops run no, in. Yeah. Some do run in, but then some others are like, you know, Bruce Campbell's finally like hands out of the pocket. Like what's going on up there? And everyone's just running like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, that's Bruce Campbell. Grab him. Get him. <laughs> and they throw him up against the, the, the paddy wagon and it's just me like, I should put a bullet between your eyes. Yeah. Like we finally caught the maniac there's, there's, there's just like no talking to these people like you know yeah that's what I, I love about movies that are like everyone is so rigidly oh, yeah. sure of everything that yeah it's like oh it's you you son of a bitch yeah you're going to the chair you yeah maniac and i love that the movie actually uses the phrase maniac cop like a dozen times right. like it's even in this computer printout yeah <laughs> it's, it's on like the computer screen the apb before is tom titled atkins died maniac cop. right but like so they they throw him in the back of the paddy wagon like do the, basically almost do the well we're done here yeah. like, like another and, case solved yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> is, is he handcuffed behind the back yes or, yeah. yeah okay yeah he well is. he is there but he, it, eventually they disappear i think yeah but um so he's just hanging out in the back of the of the, of the paddy wagon maniac cop is like ah she's out on the balcony gotten down the fire escape whatever mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done I, I stay you know eye on the prize here I'm going downstairs I'm going to throw the cop out of the front of the paddy wagon and take off with it yes because mm-hmm. he does he does he, yeah. he has the powers no, of teleportation yeah, in this no movie. problem whatsoever he takes the and and <laughs> 
then it becomes the greatest sequence of this movie because <laughs> I imagine this still, you know, van thing, you know, in case you don't want to paddy wagon is, it's, you know, loads up, load up. It's basically much a criminal. SWAT van, it's but a, not a SWAT it's, van. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, to carry criminals from point A to point B, mm-hmm. you know, usually drunks. Um, that's why they're called that. Um, yeah, it's just two benches in the back and a, and a window. Yeah. Um, but like, I imagine there was a still location of this and they mm-hmm. were like, Hey Bruce, just Star Trek the fuck around the back of this thing for yep. about five minutes and we're going to film it. Yep. Make because Robert, Robert Zadar is driving this thing with zero fucks given to traffic or mm-hmm. anything, running into cars, you know, crossing lanes, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just repeatedly cut back to Bruce Cable who will not sit down nope. or do anything. So he's just being flung around the back of this van for, you know, five straight minutes of the movie, you know, longer in probably real you know real time it's just like dude just sit down yeah curl up in the corner and you know don't get bounced Protect yourself because yeah it's gonna gonna get hers yes it's gonna be bad but um now uh mallory has run downstairs and is like i I guess cleared herself because all this has happened and grab one guy is like they're getting away let's go random guy we never seen before Mm. They jump in a squad car. He peels out. Yeah, he's he's like, dri- he drives like a champ. Yeah. He's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. He's like, I've been waiting my entire life for <laughs> yeah. this high-speed pursuit chase. <laughs> fuck yeah. Stunt driving. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes. He's, to- he's like all, all these like comedy cop movies where it's like, are you being, I get to fucking do this finally? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Let's go. And yeah, peels out, like drives like a champ. He drives a little erratically that he doesn't need to no. a couple times. But then again, people Those are driving. people won't get over. People are driving like assholes New in New York. Hole, yeah, they're, they're just like, eh, I, whatever. I'm not like, pulling over. Yeah, I'm there's just... constantly like late model sedans just pulling out in front of whatever right. they're doing. Mm, just like, so. I'm driving here. I don't care if you've got your lights on or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's yelling at him like, I know where they're going. He's going to Pier 14. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of calling the cops, but not really. Like, eh, we're pretty sure the destination's Pier 14. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that, but mm-hmm. we're in pursuit. And of course, he goes to Pier 14. Yep. Um, sort of kind of hits the security guard from earlier, like bounces him off the front of the of the oh. wagon. Pretty yeah, that good. guy's like, "Hey, stop! Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that stunt man. He hit hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stunt man probably got it harder than he thought he was going to get it. Yeah. yeah. But the scene is bad for stunt. I'm just saying there, there is a, there's <laughs> yeah. a point where a car does the oh I hit some overturned garbage that happens to be a, a flip ramp, mm-hmm. but they do that so like one car's over and you know rookie cop with with Mallory in tow. Uh, my favorite uh, family tie spinoff. Sure, yes. Um, <laughs> Mallory and Toe. Uh, like, they, they drive by that car and it's like, oh, well, they'll probably be fine. And then they drive by the security guard and they're like, eh, walk it off. Be right. <laughs> yep. He's a pro. They're, they got eye on the prize here. And they <laughs> so they pull up and like, she's been loading a shotgun the entire time. He's He's been driving erratically mm-hmm. and to which he's like, you yeah, know, handle a shotgun. She says something about basically backing up what Bruce Campbell said mm-hmm. earlier, which was like, she always beats me on the range anyway. So, yeah. Um, and then she's like, jumping in like i'm going in to to save the day and he's like don't we want backup and it's like dude why did you call why was a backup following you yeah. when you knew where you were going yeah the, the radio way? works the whole way <laughs> but it, it doesn't really matter because like the van has already stopped maniac cop Star has come around the van found an axe and become axe cop and mm-hmm. is trying to axe his way into the back of the paddy wagon which yeah. i don't know why he doesn't have the keys or whatever but. i don't think he locked i don't understand what he's doing at all except that he's a brain dead zombie and uh-huh. and just wants to hit sure. things with an axe but mm-hmm. but he's trying to axe his way into the back of this truck yeah. and um basically like just as he knocks this off bruce campbell does like the yeah like yeah. out through the doors and like you know surprise him mm-hmm. and so they're kind of fighting I, this is where I, like he loses the handcuffs and i don't really know yeah, understand he, how he just magically doesn't have the handcuffs right. on anymore when he lands on the ground outside right. sure and that's when she runs up with the shotgun right and, and like she shoots like two shots warning shots which is like 
I looked at that. And I was like, you have like three shots left max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was dumb. But of course, meaning a cop gets a hold of the gun and Bruce Campbell has to do it like a flying hia kick to mm-hmm. knock the gun out of the way again. Well, he not before he the cop who got them there. Yeah. Who drove like a champ. Oh, right. Takes Go, shotgun. Yeah. Get, gets right. shot in yeah. the chest. Yeah. yeah. So he's gone and killed. Yeah. So gone. once again, someone who could corroborate the story. Yeah. Gone. Dead. Dead. Um, and then I don't I don't know why, but like he gets in the he gets in the van and is like, I'm going to fuck this. I'm out. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess they like he hears the sirens coming. Oh, here's here's this. Okay, yeah, because he's like, all right, I'm going to get back in the in the in the way in the van and just take off. And And this is also the first time they've shown his face. Right. Yes. For real. Yeah. Like for now. Yeah. All scarred up and got like weird teeth. And mm -hmm. yeah, there's this moment where Bruce Campbell sees him for the first time. I was like, oh, yeah. But he's like, fuck this. I'm in the van. I'm out. Bruce Campbell does the old like TJ hook around to the side. Like, you're not leaving without me. Mm -hmm. They go crashing through like a, you know aluminum steel structure whatever thing which probably should have knocked bruce campbell off still didn't whatever nope. doesn't matter no. uh, but he's hanging on the side and going like straight for the water yeah and there's a, there's a lot of like bruce campbell getting elbowed and punched mm-hmm. and evil him, dead faces it, making yeah. lots of evil dead faces as right. this yeah. is happening and there was flailing around he gave the best one when robert zadar chucked him against the back yes of oh because robert zadar is throwing him around like just a ragdoll just right. yeah just superhuman yeah jason friday the 13th exactly mm-hmm. like I, I have super strength yes. thing. Yeah. But Bruce Campbell does give the whole like wide eyed Bruce Campbell look mm-hmm. that you know all too well. Yes. Just as he's getting picked up for one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. But he like uh, reaches in and like jerks the wheel over and basically causes the van to like plow through like leftover ship parts mm-hmm. because a mast essentially impales impales Robert's dar yeah. through the windshield. And there's like a point here like he's been impaled. Bruce Campbell kind of looks like I should probably jump off here, right? Yeah. And doesn't. No. Because the van <laughs> and stuntman go over the edge of this cliff, and there's a point where dude kind of separates from the van. Like, yeah. looks like he tries to push off a little the bit. The stuntman loses his grip at the wrong time. Yeah. But, like, he kind of, like, you know, loses his grip, falls in the water. But there's a point where, like, this van is kind of in the process of flipping where it's like, oh, my God, that shit is going to land on him. Yeah. Because, like, it was looking dangerously close like it was yeah. going to. Eventually, the van, like, kind of rolls the other way yeah. away from him, and it's just like, oh, man, that could have gone horribly wrong yeah yeah but you know guys in the water swims off and it's you know fade to cut up like you know cops are now here they're millions ho- of cops they're are hoisting this van out with you know the equipment and everything yeah. and they all circle around of course and there's no maniac cop yeah they're, the they're all like let's see this maniac cop <laughs> that you've been talking about mm-hmm. oh wait there's no one in here right and then yeah. it's just there's a shot on the pier of like you know hand coming up set up for sequel mm-hmm. and you have to think bruce campbell's still kind of fucked totally fucked so uh, is she because, yeah. you know, it could have been, okay, everyone, Bruce Campbell's innocent because the, the maniac cop killed everybody at the precinct. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, she's the only one who got out of the precinct at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a witness in the guy who got pulled out of the van. Right. And you've got a witness in like the seven guys who are like, no, we threw him in the back of the van. Yeah, There's he no was way hand, he, he was handcuffed in yeah. the back of a locked patio. So wagon. what are you going to do? You've got some circumstantial evidence. Maybe a, a better lawyer than Bruce Campbell had initially yeah. could get him off, but... I think he's going to jail. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. Maniac I mean, cop too. The only thing is, is like they could go to the prison doctor guy and be like, all right, you're under oath. Tell us the fucking truth. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, he's that, dead, but he was that guy so. wasn't very good at keeping a straight face when no. he, as soon as he felt pressure. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, you know, one second on the witness stand, he'd be like, all right, fine. He wasn't dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then it's over. Yeah, but it's over. We get credits. Mm-hmm. Some yep. sweet music. It, it should, it, the music itself does not get 
Uh, no Stargirl. No, it's pretty good. It's it is pretty good, and it's almost better than this movie deserves. Yeah, like, it's there like are, orchestral. Yeah, like, you would expect a synthy Terminator type soundtrack for something like this, mm-hmm. and it is not. It is a full orchestral, and there's also like this creepy whistled theme that's mm-hmm. almost kind of like Gizmo's little song from a Gremlins. Bit, yeah, but like creepier and whistle. It's it's good. Yeah, Maniac Cop has a good theme, mm-hmm. and there's two songs. Sung by David Carradine. Yeah, Bathcast owned David Carradine, so Who there's knows? another Bathcast alum thrown mm-hmm. into the movie. Yeah, they were just, they had to have just been background songs in like the bars and stuff. But yeah, two of the songs in the closing credits, David Carradine. So mm-hmm. you know, and the music was done by Jay Chataway, who did like uh, he did a lot of the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Well, there you go. So I think he even did the pilot. So, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we have to rate this now. Yeah, I guess we do. Um, I'll go. All right. This is yet another movie where I'm just like kind of in the middle of jocks and bags. It's this is one of those movies that has such a cult following that you're just expecting something. You don't know what, but you're expecting just some kind of lunacy from it. And it's despite it's almost borderline supernatural premise. It's very straight laced. Mm -hmm. It's very kind of by the numbers. And it's. I mean, like it's a little, little bit horror movie, especially in the first twenty minutes when it's just maniac cop murdering people. But a lot of it is just kind of police investigating stuff, mm-hmm. and there's just not. I mean, it just feels so middle of the road. It's like borderline, oh, almost good movie, but not really because the pacing is so weird and the act structure is really bizarre. Um, the, the characters don't have any kind of arc. They're just kind of there and then they're not. And then another character comes in and then becomes the new. Yeah. We shift lead. heroes a lot. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all awkward and odd and it has all the components are there for something really great, but it's just like, I felt at every turn it was just kind of like, yeah, all right. Oh, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the decision making process just seemed odd to me all throughout this film. Um, I overall I like it I, in premise I just I don't I I think the execution doesn't come off as well as the premise sets it up for. I th- I think there's more potential in the premise than there is in the final product. I'm going to go ahead and give it one jocks cuz I'm like, yeah, it's got a billion people in it that we like. Mm-hmm. Um it's not bad. I mean, it wasn't boring. It's just like it's just it just a lot of it just doesn't stand out. Like, I was having trouble remembering a lot of it, especially, like, the first 30 minutes because it was just like, yeah, murder, 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 and then I guess the cops get involved. Eh. You know, it's it's just, there's just not a lot to it where you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, man, fuck, yeah, that scene. There's really none of that. Well, it actually plays out, aside from Robert Zadar being able to teleport wherever he wants, but mm-hmm. as far as the police are concerned, it kind of plays out like it kind of would realistically, mm-hmm. you know, the cops would be investigating these leads and they'd probably be like, no, this is the guy who did it, you know? And there might be one guy who's like, ah, I'm not so sure, but yeah. you know, otherwise they're like, no, it's a closed case, man. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of that in it too, mm-hmm. in that it's almost too realistic for its own good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you you it refuses to commit to what it pretends to want to be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe supernatural murdering cop running around New York city. Eh, maybe not. Yeah, because you decide. It's like no movie. <laughs> yeah, b- because I mean, the doctor says he should be brain dead. Yeah, and it's like okay, he kind of is mm-hmm. because he can't speak or yeah. kind of can't be reasoned with almost. Yeah, but he's still fully functional as far as everything else goes. So right. it's kind of like oh, you kind of 
You took away from yourself there. Still knows how to drive. Apparently a stick yeah. shift because there was a clutch involved. Which, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for a brain dead person. Yeah, not bad. There's yeah. a lot of people that supposedly aren't brain dead that yeah, can't geniuses. do these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one jocks. It's I, you know, I'm torn on this, but I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think I liked it a little more. I think I went to um, I'll go two jocks mm-hmm. on it. I suspect that its reputation comes more from the sequels hmm. because I think the sequels from you know. Two is the one everyone's like, you got to watch Me Out Cop 2. And we're like, well, we can't start there. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> But but I, I think it is kind of, th- this one is way more played straight than we were expecting at all. And and it hurts knowing who Robert Zadar is, right. seeing him in the credits mm-hmm. and going, all right, you know, even if we didn't know that he played the Maniac Cop. Right. Waiting, going. All right, where's Robert Zadar? Yeah, you know, because we recognize all the other names on this cast list. Mm-hmm. Well, so, there's enough shots of just his eyes would be. Oh, that's Robert Zadar. I mean, we mm-hmm. we know him pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think is the first half sets up a lot better stuff than the second half does. Yeah, because yeah. the well, first half's fun. It's full of red herrings. It's full of like, oh, it might be William Smith because he's acting so evil and he's mm-hmm. William Smith. Right. You know, it could be Bruce Campbell because you know he's still kind of shady. Yeah, but. It just, it doesn't pay any of that off. And I mean, like, you know, in the second half, they're just, the kills are boring, yeah. you know? And then maybe that's the thing. If throughout they don't the show are, them at all. You just see the aftermath. Yeah. You know, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, he like, kills, like, uh, he Hannibal Lecter's a whole room full of cops, you know, a whole station full exactly, of cops. Yeah, and you, you don't see any of it. Yeah. Right. And then when he kills the, you know, William Smith and Shaft, like, it's barely on camera. Right. You know, and it's kind of like, at that point, you are kind of like, fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of there's there's a little bit of that bloodlust there, and it's not really satisfied at all in a in a way that works visually. Yeah, for the way they set it up narratively. So, what was when we were attempting to do Maltober? Mm-hmm. What was the one we found that was in like that furniture store? Or Hide and go shriek. Hide and go shriek. I'm I'm reminded of that a lot because yeah. I feel like plot and pacing wise, it's very similar because. You kind of don't see a lot of things you expect to see, like the kills. I mean, you do early on. You see the first couple, but then it's just kind of like this mysterious, like, I don't really know what's happening except for the people are finding bodies yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, this is a lot more fun than that. I, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and say I, I think I will give this two jocks as well. Um, there's a, there is that there is that point where you're like, man, this would have been so good to see fresh, not knowing who these people are and, and kind of be more open for the twist. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, as I think time is going to tell, you can't, a good movie can't rely on a twist. Like, I mean, this is why I don't think M. Night Shyamalan movies are ever going to, like, no one's going to mention these in 20 years Mm -hmm. because they, like, there's a couple that are okay filmmaking wise and there's some interesting things happening. But when it becomes about the twist, your movie doesn't function. Like Usual Suspects is a great film that happens to have a twist and rewatches work despite the twist. So if if that's what we're judging on, you know, I I, it's, I don't think it's fair to hold that against it. Is all I'm trying to say. Oh, um, I, I agree know, with you. Because um, I think it should I should think it should hold up better without like oh well who is it and you know even if we know from the very beginning yeah mm-hmm. um yeah it's 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 fun but it is it is extremely formulaic and not not in the Banffcast way I was hoping for like I think yeah. that the two sequels were probably going to be sounds like hopefully it. Yeah. um. So I, yeah, but like I said, I'm I'm glad we watched this, and I would still recommend this to somebody as a as a fun little, you know, I would say this is a, as legit a real movie as like the first Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street are. I mean, maybe Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit more as far as like 
or this is a real film. Like, you know, you can judge this against real yeah. movie merits. I think that one maybe just yeah. because of Wes Craven, I think is maybe a little bit more of a real movie. And I had and, Nightmare on Elm Street in my mind as well. Right. Because, you know, when when you watch the first one, you know, because most people jumped in on like two or three sure. right. or four cable, or, like, oh, whatever. or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, he's going to do crazy kill stuff. You know, and the only really crazy kill that's in the first one is the Johnny Depp blender thing. Yeah. That they do, you know, that and otherwise it's very. Well, there's a lot of goofy supernatural shit happening in the first one. It is, but it's not played for laughs at all. No, like the tongue coming out of the phone and all that shit. Yeah. Like, that's, you know. Yeah. And, and all the other ones are kind of played for that mix of horror and comedy. Sure. And maybe that's part of what this is, is it's just played so seriously, even though it really doesn't need to be. No. You know, if it. I, it it almost feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah, I, I I think I think we'll have a lot more fun with the sequel. It's not that I minded this one. I just think I think we needed to see this in order to appreciate the next two, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of its I think for me one of its biggest faults is that you've got this cast, and especially it's a cast of people we really like. Yeah, and no one has a signature standout anything. Right. Like no one, there's that one scene where William Smith and Tom Atkins are at a bar and they just end the scene with both of them just like, well, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. And then oh, it's yeah, just like cut away. Right. It's like, well, that was odd. What was that all about? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, aside from William Smith, just kind of like randomly looking at the camera on occasion and, you know, just kind of being weird and creepy to people. Mm-hmm. That's as close as this movie gets to like someone really having a moment where you're just like, man, that guy's great in this. Like, well, I wouldn't point to this movie for anyone in it and go, man, that guy in Maniac Cop was awesome. Mm-hmm. I yeah, would, the, I would the one scene that we're using for the stand-in picture of BJ right now in the live stream. In, oh in yeah, when 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 uh, I think we established it was uh, Shaft Richard Roundtree yeah. is questioning his sanity yeah. and him shooting his partner. He's like, "Look at you! Like you've been a cop too long. You can't even smile anymore." Mm-hmm. And he does this forced smile thing yeah. that is yeah, just pretty amazing. Like it's really terrible. Arnold and Terminator yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to smile. He's the smile. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yes. but but like even Bruce Campbell, right? Second time at bat on a BMF cast movie is he's not giving us anything interesting he's aside a, from that one yeah. look that he gives, that one reaction shot he gives just before he gets chucked. Yeah, he's a, he's just a warm body. They're all just yeah. warm bodies. They're just there to deliver the lines and get to the next thing, and the next thing isn't necessarily worth it either. Mm-hmm. It I, really I, makes me wonder what Larry Cohen would have done with it. Yeah. I, I kind of felt when we were watching, I was like, you know what, Larry, I think Larry Cohen would have put some punch into this. Because, like, just thinking about James Earl Jones in the ambulance when yep. he just fucking went off about nothing, about his mail or whatever. I'm just like, this movie doesn't even have that. Well, and just him chewing gum the whole time. Yeah. Like, like none of, nobody in this movie has any special traits. Yeah, nothing. That yeah. make them stand out. Yeah. Nobody's scatting. Yeah, yeah no, even that. I mean, just like, just like guy going to skiddly bopping in a in a bar. Yeah. So I yeah, do. I just I I feel like okay, if none of your cast is going to have a standout moment, then that means the plot has to be like super hardcore and interesting, and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. true either. I think that's the problem. So probably yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a break, shall we? Let's. Bamfcast, second half. Second, second half. half time. Cool. Cool. Let's talk about some movies. 
Cool. Yeah. I'm thinking about trying something new. Cool. Uh, so I saw a couple of fairly new movies. Um, what cool. I one I will cool. fairly highly recommend. The other one I'll be like, uh... okay, cool. that sounds good. I'll go with the uh, noise first. One first. All uh, right, okay. then. Uh, so I watched 2016's The Brothers Grimsby, or just Grimsby, I think, as it was called, the rest of the world. Um, mm. Oh, that thing. It's a Sasha Baron Cohen movie that's. I don't know, a little different than what he's been doing, I guess. Like, all right, so there's two shots Sasha Baron Cohen's. There's the broad comedy, like, you know, caricature character that he does of things. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, that I want to be a dramatic actor guy who shows up in, like, Hugo and, uh, you know, Sweeney Todd and shit. So it's like, I, you know, you never know exactly what Sasha Baron Cohen you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is pretty much the first camp of that. Um I'll say why I watched it, and then like I'll you know I'm not I'm not going to try to like explain why I watch it. I watch a lot of fucking movies. Um, I, I like Mark Strong, and I thought it might be interesting to see him be the straight man to Sasha Baron Cohen's hijinks um, because I think you know I, I desperately kind of wanted to see Mark Strong in like not necessarily completely evil roles, you know, because like he's almost always a bad guy. So I like yeah. seeing him when he plays a kind of good guy. So I was like, all right, let's let's see what this movie has to offer. Um. The movie was winning me over very much early on. I was like, oh, we might we might be all right here. Like this this movie, I don't know what people were talking about, like trying to warn me about this movie because like the opening bits are are fun and interesting. Um, first song showing up being par- uh, Blur's Park Life. I was like, all right, I'm getting I'm feeling the British spirit. I might actually be, we might be OK here. <laughs> you know, when you're showing me downtrodden parts of Britain that are about soccer hooligans. OK, you know, like. This might be all right. This might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen has to wear goofy haircut and shit like that. I say as he has big button chops like me, but I'm saying like you know he has he has to do a weird thing. But like whatever, it's not it's not offensively a caricature like you know the dictator and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is there is one thing very early on that I, I I hesitate to like spoil jokes, but like I'm. I'm not going to go full descent and tell you the ending of movie like Chuck because I don't like it, but I do want to like tell you this joke okay. because I don't want to recommend you watch the rest of the movie per se. Mm-hmm. So very early on in the movie, there's a point where when they finally meet up, the like. So if you don't know, ones uh, they were brothers. Uh, one got adopted and became a super spy. The other one is still just a soccer hooligan living with his wife Rebel Wilson and like 17 kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a point where he's like trying to distract these spies that are coming to kill his brother. And he says to like all the soccer, soccer hooligan kids, he's like, they're Manchester United supporters do whatever it takes to slow them down. And so like these kids come out and I honestly have never seen this before in a movie. And it's actually a really smart improvised weapon. I mean, you're in a bar and there's things are in abundance. They grab a ball off the, pool table and go in the bathroom to the condom dispenser and put a pool ball <laughs> in a condom as like a makeshift flail. I'm like, I've actually never seen that, but that's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. But the joke that really got that set me off laughing was they just start hucking shit out the window. Like, uh, was it Black Samson? Like the end of that, wasn't it? Yes. Where they, they just start just throwing everything, everything the roof, out of the yeah. window. So like there's one point where a wheelchair comes flying down. No, <laughs> nobody's in the wheelchair. It's just a, a wheelchair comes out. I'm like, that's fairly funny. And then you see somebody throw something out the window. And you're like, what was that? And this guy looks up and a fucking Rottweiler lands on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> like they chucked a Rottweiler out the window and it lands on this guy and just, like on his face. And I'm like, okay movie i i I will admit i cracked up fucking laughing at that Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And then it just becomes a series of like to say this is one of the most offensive movies I've ever seen is like the understatement of understatements because they go places and do things in this that I don't I couldn't prepare you if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just I'm I'm throwing that out there. Like if you watch the movie, you're going to know what I mean. I'm not recommending that you watch the movie. It's just there are sh- re- repeated things that happen in this movie where you're like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Like I can't believe somebody was like pen to pad, camera to people to action to special effects. Said let's do this. <laughs> Oh, like so it's one of those, like where it's just like nobody stepped in and go. Maybe we don't need to do this. Like I don't know how funny this is. Much less mm-hmm. like you know, like I I don't know. Just like imagine anything from any movie you've ever said, and then knock it up a couple notches. Like every, every, any movie you've ever seen that has like gross out stuff, and then knock it up a couple notches because okay. that's encroaching on what this movie gives you by the end. So that being said, I mean, that's very much a, uh, I, like, uh-huh. there are f- some funny bits to be had, but there mm-hmm. is a lot of shit that's like, you can't unsee. Um, All right, then. So there you go. That's uh-huh. the Brothers Grimsby or Grimsby. However, yeah. the However. other movie I would definitely recommend is I watched a documentary um, called Nintendo Quest. I think it was on Amazon Prime, perhaps. Okay. It was on some service I was just flipping through and I was like, this seems interesting. I will watch this. Um, essentially, there are 678 North American retail Nintendo games that ever came out officially. Oh, this. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are obviously those rare like championship carts and things like that that are super rare that aren't mm-hmm. counted. Mm-hmm. This guy is a big, huge, giant Nintendo dork fan and says, I've thought I've thought about trying to amass an entire collection of Nintendo cartridges over my lifetime. And his friend, who is a filmmaker, basically says, I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to do it in 30 days and you can't use the Internet. Go. And he's like, I'm going to make a movie about this. And I'm sure probably help some of the cost, but Mm -hmm. not really. Like I had a budget that was clearly his for buying these carts and no other outside money or influences could be part of it. Right. Um, so he sets off They're They're from actually London, Ontario, you know, like not London, England, um, start off there. They make it like down to like Texas, you know, parts of the United States. They're talking to a guy in Florida for like the super, uber, uber duper rare track and field game. That was what it was called before it was track and field is like the, yeah. the unicorn of Nintendo cartridges. Um, so it's, it's like a really dumb premise for a documentary that ends up being a very interesting one. And there's a lot of parallels I mean, some very direct ones to uh, and I'm almost like pokes at and jokes at uh, King of Kong mm-hmm. in this um, in a good way. Like not like oh, that, that movie sucks, you know, kind of thing. It's just like it's yeah. so, there's some direct parallels to it that, that are pretty funny. And there's one scene in particular that I, I won't even remotely talk about because it's so good how it plays out. Um, but yeah, if like you have even a passing interest in Nintendo, you know, classic game collecting, it never goes so nerdy that it's you know, in an inaccessible movie, but it's also not so broad that it's just like, uh, talk about the damn games, you know, or something like that. Right. They, they do a pretty good job about here's the history of Nintendo. Here's why Nintendo became the verb like Google for video games for a long time. You know, like, Oh, every game's a Nintendo, you know, like, yep. you know, it's just that whole thing. And they, and they just talk about the, the crazy gamut of, of games that there is out there. And like I said, I just I thought it was an interesting little documentary. Apparently, they made or making like a, some sort of TV show spinoff of it or something. I don't know. Like I saw something listed where these guys weren't just there was like some other 
10 episodes of Nintendo Quest. Now, I don't know if they just broke the movie up into bite-sized chunks somewhere. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But it's out there. I don't know where that is, but I'd kind of be interested in watching it. Huh. I could see watching it a continuing adventure of these guys. Because, again, I think we had this conversation not even remotely related to the Banffcast, but the um, the guy doing the um, game collecting is a giant Foo Fighters fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's really bizarre. Uh. But like we were having this conversation about how Foo Fighters, not a bad band, but it feels like one of the most passive bands of all time, that it's like it seems strange that there would be fans of it, but this guy is. And actually, like, quote several things Dave Grohl said and history of stuff and i was like okay this guy knows them all right all right there are they are out there hmm. he's into you know these hardcore foo fighter fans but so weird yeah anyway like i said i, I like it it's a fun little documentary so and it's got cool it's got cool graphics and stuff that modern i like how modern day documentaries feel the need to like have an interesting hud almost as the movie's happening just to like keep you involved you know like because yeah. there's this little thing where it's like it's showing the tally of his games and his budget and it's like a little bar graph that'll pop up whenever <laughs> transactions happen and yeah it's i don't know i like i said i enjoyed it hmm. cool that is it that is what i've been watching nice maggie uh i've seen a couple of movies I've, I've actually seen three. First one i saw deadpool we've talked enough about deadpool uh-huh. i like it i liked how character based it was i like I, i'm a sucker for non-linear storytelling with unreliable narrators. Mm-hmm. So I think that movie was pretty much always going to work for me. But yeah. That like like everyone said, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's I, I, it's fun. Uh-huh. Uh I also saw Trumbo. Oh right. With Brian Cranston. Trumbo. And a lot of other really good actors that it's kind of like, man, you got a lot of good actors in here. John Goodman? Yeah, John Goodman's in it. Yeah. And man, he has one really, really, really good scene okay. in it. But on the whole, it's just, it ends up becoming, uh, you know, as I've called him before, a parents movie. Where it's like, there's conflict, but there's not too much conflict. And everything kind of works out at the end. And you leave with a good feeling. And it's just kind of there. Like, like, it gets dramatic, but not too dramatic. And... You know, it's based on the real story of Dalton Trumbo, who was pretty much, you know, he wrote Roman Holiday, but Mm -hmm. didn't get credited for it for like 30 years because he was on the blacklist because he was basically said, hey, yeah, I'm I'm a communist. Right. You know, and it's fun to replace the word communist with Muslim in this movie and then see how everything works out. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's it's just one of those weird movies where nobody does a bad job in it, like you know, Louis CK is pretty good in it as one of the other writers and just like, you know, Alan Tudyk's in it. Who's good. You know, there's like a lot of people like, yeah, I like that. I like that person. You know, the only one who's really like completely one note is Helen Mirren. Who's kind of like the villain of it, Mm -hmm. you know, but it just kind of glides along. And it's one of those, like, I think we've talked about before, like with Ali where it was like, okay, they gave us like this little chunk of his life and that's it. Right. And then there's other ones that are like, we need to do his entire life. And like this Ray. one's, yeah. And this one's kind of weird in that it's like, all right, you know, they get to the blacklist and, you know, being jailed for basically being a communist, like in the, almost like the first act hmm. is that. And then after that is like getting around the blacklist and all that. And, you know, and then eventually, you know, getting credit for what he's done and all that. Once the tide is shifted somewhat right. away from all of that stuff. 
and how he, you know, how he made that happen for himself in an active way, which is pretty cool because like his story is a good one, but the way the movie presents it is everything is resolved like too easily. You know, he goes to jail, but he becomes friends with Mr. Echo. So it's all okay. You know, Wait, Mr. Echo's in it. Yeah. Like, so he becomes friends with actual Adabisi in this. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, I like the sound of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that's not much, oh, okay. but I mean, you know, and then it's like, Oh no, I can't write Hollywood movies because I'm on the blacklist. Mm-hmm. So we need to find a cheap, junk producer who will do it. Oh, there's John Goodman. Okay. So that's solved. Okay. You know, and then it's like, Oh no, the family thinks I'm writing too much and I'm getting angry because I'm having to write so much and I can't spend time and do things. And Oh, one heart to heart fixes that. And now the family's great again. You know, it's like one of those type of Uh, movies, you know, it's, it's a parent's movie where it's like, everything's resolved pretty quickly. And then, you know, yeah, we, we can't deal with intricacy. Yeah. No. <laughs> like it's got that John yeah. Goodman in it. We like him. <laughs> I tried to watch that Tinker Taylor uh <laughs> mm-hmm. Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker movie. Uh-huh. I, I was so lost. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it, it just it, it it feels like it needed, you know, for a movie about one of the best script writers in Hollywood history, it needed a better script. Huh. That's Oh, the uh, irony. Yeah. Huh? Huh. Don't you think? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I that it, it's it's all right, but it's not great. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's Chuck fine. Yeah. All right, I I don't want to jump in the middle, but I just remembered another movie I watched. That's how much impact it made on me. Okay, wow. I'm sorry, but like when you were talking about it, it actually made me think of it. I watched the I watched that movie Zootopia, the new Disney movie. All right. Now I've been on a pro Disney kick, mm-hmm. almost anti Pixar kick, because I feel like they they took John Lasseter and all the magic at Pixar went away. Mm-hmm. Because like since Tangled. Disney has been on a fucking roll. I mean, Frozen, while the most popular, is the less of modern day Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've just they've been on a roll. Man, I I'm sorry, but I think Zootopia might break that role like fucking Hercules did the old '90s role that they were on because like it's not bad, but my god, is it heavy handed? Like, like not in a good way. I mean, it's just you were talking. I've about, heard a lot of people say that. Like, I mean, all right, movie. like um. You were just talking about replace, you know, communist with Muslim and, and like th- there are points in this movie where I mean, on the surface, this movie is just about racism, period. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, but I can't help but infer other more direct racist things because like there's a there's a <clears throat> I'm trying to think of like how to go without spoiling any of the movie because I, mean, I know people still want to watch it. There is a situation where they're talking about certain types of animals can become violent and they're not trying to figure out why. Oh, right. Okay. And so like, it's very much sounding like we're talking about Muslims here. Like, well, there's a lot of them and I don't know, periodically some just go radical Mm -hmm. and it's like, uh, okay guys. Like, I mean, (laughs) like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, like it's not bad. It's just, the thing is, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to have a message in your movie, have the message come naturally from the movie. Don't write your movie around the message, right. which is what exactly what this feels like. It sounds like there's zero subtlety right. to it. It's... I mean, for like, take everything that was good about the Lego movie and do the opposite, because like the Lego movie has interesting things going on in it mm-hmm. and themes and even, I don't know, suggestions for life, if you will. Mm-hmm. And this is just like, no, nah, we're going to hit you in the fucking face with it like a dead trout. You know, like, like you're going to get this fucking message, people. <laughs> and and it's just, it's just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, 
it doesn't feel like it's for kids, like at all. Like there's nothing that feels like kids would be entertained with this. I mean, maybe kids are just you know you need pretty moving colors in front of their face for an hour and a half and mm-hmm. they're fine. I don't know. I don't have any kids. I haven't been one for a long time, so I don't know. Okay. But I just, I mean, this was like, wow. I, I mean, the the thing that was in the trailer with the sloths at the DMV is the funniest thing in the movie, and like that's it. Figured it would be like there's like nothing really funny throughout the rest of the entire movie. Like that's that's like that's yeah. their that's their comedy. It's like that, and it is funny, but it's like, yeah, I kind of got this from the trailer too. The rest of it is like, I guess I should be glad I haven't message. seen the trailer. Yeah, so I don't even know what the plot is, but okay, huh. I didn't really know what the plot was. I just that was like, the trailer was one of those like, we're not going to remotely tell you the plot. We're just going to show you like scenes, uh, scenes. Like I think there's a, I think there's a animal cop. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, yeah. But yeah, it's so. Speaking of cops, yeah. Uh oh. Would you like my official review of a Banff cast movie I was not present for? I would love that. Known as Samurai Cop 2. Oh, right. Okay. I figure the easiest way is to directly read my letterboxed review. Okay. Because that kind of, I I feel like I got my thoughts together enough to do it that way. Uh Okay. And I was told by you guys that I might have had a different feel on this had I been in the room for it. But it's possible. Probably more a shared what the fuck experience. Because I think that's mostly what we had going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was plenty of what the fuck okay. as I was watching this. Great. Okay. Are you going to do this as a dramatic reading or just read it? I am probably just going to read it as if I was reading an email from a listener who has an awesome opinion because that listener is me. Okay. So <laughs> here we go. All right. So Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance, a review by Mackie. If there's one thing this movie did right, it's crystallized why I don't enjoy modern, quote-unquote, bad movies. It's too easy to make a competent, good-looking movie now. You can get dozens of takes without worrying about running out of film. You can get cheap CG to cover up mistakes or take the place of practical effects. This has left modern bad movies either super boring or super ironic. Samurai Cop 2 decided to go the super ironic route. On paper, that makes sense, considering the majority of fans of the original Samurai Cop love it in in an ironic way. In execution, this movie can go fuck itself. (laughs) Oh, you added Tommy Wiseau? Sure, he's terrible. That sounds ironic. You brought on Laureen Landon from Maniac Cop. Why not? You got a bunch of porn stars to play the majority of the female characters in the movie? Of course, they'll be terrible. Oh, you got Bai Ling, who is literally always terrible, (laughs) regardless of project? Bravo. You brought back the majority of the cast of the original, but no makeup artists? Wise choice. So ironic. Fuck irony. People that derive enjoyment from this movie will tell you it's a comedy and it's supposed to be bad and all that. Well, yes, it is bad. But winking about being bad doesn't magically make your thing good. If you're going to be a comedy, at least understand how comedic timing works. People found Frank looking at the camera and making a funny reaction face great in the first one because the timing actually worked. When the timing doesn't work and then you go there multiple times, it becomes more terrible each time. When you tell your actors to over-emote as much as possible each take... That only works when it comes out of the blue, not every single scene. The action is the only thing that works, sort of, but by the end, it's so overdone with weird lighting, altered speeds, and way too much CG blood, nothing works as it should on paper. The bad movie classics, like The Room, Birdemic, Troll 2, and Yes, Samurai Cop, work because the filmmakers failed when their reach exceeded their grasp. They all set out to make good movies, but didn't know how to or ran out of the time, budget, and talent to make it happen. I feel like the Sharknados, Kung Furies, and yes, Samurai Cop 2s of the world have all the opportunity to make a good movie, but intentionally choose not to because irony, haha, lol. Sure, 
Irony makes us feel good. It makes us feel better than the thing we get to mock. But is that really entertainment? For me, it's not. It's just the person nudging you every few moments saying, get it? It's not fun. It's dull and it's boring. And I feel sorry for everyone involved whenever I see it. If you want to make something cool, then make it and make it genuinely. Don't hide behind a layer of cynicism to cover for you when you fail. Irony is the easy way out. Fuck irony. Fuck this movie and fuck everything it stands for. <laughs> Five bags. Also, the soundtrack sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yes. That's Samurai Cup too. Yep. That so. movie offended me on like a level far further than any like anything in it. Like like everything it stands for fucking pissed me off. It we were quite angry. We mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. I mean, I know I broke the universal five bags rating for it, but yeah, I mean, I that movie's garbage. I'm still baffled, like how they made it as incoherent as it was. That is pretty tough to do. It's yeah, incredible. It's because they overwrote it. Mm-hmm. They like wrote so much bullshit dialogue and story shit, and yeah. then had no means of of executing i mean it's amazing that tommy Wiseau kind of comes off as your best actor in that movie yeah somehow yeah that's fucked up yeah that is fucked up but anyway yeah five bags mm-hmm. i will put it on the official may, record may i never watch it again <laughs> so what'd you watch chuck oh okay oh hey yeah uh, sorry uh, hi no that's fine um okay so i got two movies to talk about one we've talked about uh in depth before but i have some things to say uh i watched uh fantastic four like the Roger the Corman newest one? one? No, the, oh, the oh. brand new one. Okay. Okay. So fan four stick, you mean? Sure. Something stick is right. So I went into this thinking, eh, maybe the comic book nerds are just, you know, up their own ass and all on the, the other Marvel train. So let me just watch this as a person who gives no fucks about this universe and, mm-hmm. and enjoy it, you know, as a, as a big dumb superhero movie. Mm-hmm. No, fuck that movie. That movie is is one of the most frustrating, annoying, and worthless comic book movies I've ever seen. Nothing fucking happens in that movie. Nothing. Yep. Nothing at all. It's like the first act lasts, I don't know, 90% of the movie, and then they have like, hey, we should have a big battle. Okay, that's done. Credits. Yeah, well, they even kind of forgot to add the big battle. Yeah, it's just kind of like they go a place and kind of pew pew at a dude for half a second, and it's just like, yeah, well, all right, we took care of it. Peace out. Yeah, it's it, I it, that movie is unbelievable, and the the way to know like w- how you can identify when that when there are reshoots in that movie just by looking at uh, uh, what's her name's wig. Oh yeah, like her Kate blatantly Mark. obvious wig that she's wearing. It's just it's like. Man, it's like they went back and filmed a bunch of random, meaningless bullshit to insert into that movie, and none of it helped. Like, I can't imagine what that movie was before. Oh, wait, I can, because a bunch of it was in a trailer that didn't make its way into a movie. Mm-hmm. Man, just, you want to... <sighs> what a waking nightmare from start to finish, from, like, the entire production sounded like a nightmare. You know, I for a while, I was on that dude's side, the director... You know, it sounded like the movie was yanked out of his hands and everything. But then it turns out that guy kind of was a raving psychopath who treated everyone like shit. So it's like, wow, fuck everyone involved with this. This thing deserved to crash and burn. And they should really just release the rights and let someone else do it. Who gives a shit? You know, man, I just as that thing went on, I was just like, wow, this is making me angry. And I don't care about this at all. 
Like, why am I so mad? And I was like, oh, wait, it's because it's wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed. It, it's amazing. It, it's stunning how bad that movie is. Yeah. Not not just like dismissive. Like, you just can't go like, yeah, well, I guess it's a comic movie. People, not me, will like it. No, that movie is infuriating. Yeah. Like, if I cared, I would be really mad. Mm-hmm. I'm mad, and I don't, I don't care at all. I don't know that anyone cares at this point, cares enough about the Fantastic Four to get mad. Like I said, Marvel I think, doesn't even care anymore. No, they don't. Yeah, well, no. that, that, all right. You've read, have you ever read about the things that where they're basically trying to officially sabotage the things they don't own the rights to? Yes. Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the X-Men have been getting it pretty bad, too. Like, lots of stupid storylines in the X-Men universe, because they're like, fuck you guys, Fox. It's back the rights. <laughs> They're trying to make make the X-Men, property toxic so they can get it back. Mm-hmm. X-Men has been weird in that they've put weird teams together, but they've hired really good people to write them. Yeah. So, like, they've had, like, really, like, Uncanny X-Force. It was a really weird team put together, but it kind of yielded an awesome book. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like they've done anti-movie stuff with all of them as far as, like, man... You could never make a movie of these group, this group together. Right. You know, you could never make a movie of these guys working together. And yet. Well, that, that might be the other side. Yeah. The like, storylines that yeah. they came up with. Let's write these really kind of awesome. Write these really good things and then put it on a thing that you could never make a movie out of. So, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be another way to do it. Yeah. Because that that's the way X-Men yeah. feels lately. It's funny, like talking about the fan four stick. Uh, I had this weird train of thought the other day where I remembered that uh, Miles Teller was in the Footloose remake. Mm-hmm. Like he was the Chris, mm-hmm. Chris Penn character. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, I was trying to like track in my brain. I was like, where did Miles Teller come from? Why, why does it feel like he just suddenly appeared? Mm-hmm. And it was like, here's a guy you're going to see in movies. Yeah. You know, well, wasn't he on like Project X? He was. Too? Yeah. He was on like the original Project X. That, well, not the original, the, the movie Project X, yes. not the Matthew Broderick monkey Project X. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was in that before he was born. Right. Wow. I'm just saying that I'm How? saying that was one of his one of the first movies he was in that was kind of big. But I mean, I think you know, like it was just it just like I said, it just feels weird. Whereas all of a sudden, like here's Miles Teller, get used to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. But then also, he got saddled in that fucking Divergent series and or whatever oh. it is, and now he's like everyone else. He's looking so sad that he's stuck in that series of movies. Like that. That's the funniest thing about those movies is like watch a couple seconds from each movie going on and, and look how dejected the actors look <laughs> like like Shailene Woodley is like well they've by, all by the gotta se- be like why are we still making like by these? the second or third one it was just like holy fuck what have I, I mean, done how many of these books are there Chronicles of Narnia gave up I was gonna yeah. say yeah Narnia they gave bailed. up they gave up yeah they were like, like Divergent and people care a lot more about Chronicles of Narnia than they do about fucking Divergent yeah mm-hmm. yeah I still don't Yet know they how just they keep, fucked up the Narnia shit keep making them yep yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, one, and that one last, in pre-production right now. And the weird thing is, like, the last Narnia movie wasn't terrible. Like, like it wasn't as... It, it wasn't great. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, man, yeah, that's a hidden gem. But it, that's, like, one of those that was like, yeah. that movie's actually pretty good and has some interesting stuff going on well i mean like look at the look at the two main people i mean i think the two biggest gets they got they got for those movies is shailene woodley and malice teller and it was like i think they both started it like right after uh the descendants and Mm -hmm. whiplash yeah and it's like fuck (laughs) like like we just got like we just like knocked it out of the park and like got oscar nominations and it's like fuck (laughs) you also wonder like if all the checks have cleared already Mm -hmm. like like if they just got the lump sum up front and then they're not getting anything else now now they're they're like and they've already spent it and they're like what am i fucking doing here yeah yeah like i said it's just it's funny if you look at like the years they got released you know they're just like like i said it's it's almost it's 
it's sad, but it's funny to check mm-hmm. in on each movie and just look how they're like how there's how everyone has become Whoopi Goldberg and Theodore Rex of like mm-hmm. I contractually obligated have to be here, but I don't give any fucks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, honestly, to, even towards the end of the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and those were popular. Like most of those actors just seem like let's get this over with. Right. Yeah. All right, so I got one more movie, and oh, okay. actually, speaking of Project X, oh, from the director of Project X, oh, and okay. the director of Truck Turner, oh, oh, that pro- the Matthew Brother yes. Project X. I'm uh, like, okay, I was, yes. I was about to say we've already seen American Ultra. Yep, nope. Um, Jonathan Kaplan directed a movie right after Truck Turner called White Line Fever. Oh, so this is a movie I watched. Um, stars Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah, as a, he comes home from Vietnam. Like you do. Buys a truck. Like you do. Gets his license. Mm -hmm. As you have to do. Heads on over to the place where people ship things. And it's like, I'm here to start shipping stuff. I'm good guy, Jan Michael Vincent. And they're like, haul this illegal shit. And he's like, oh, no. I I, no, (laughs) I I would rather not do that, sir. Thank you for your time. And they're like, you haul it or we will kill you. And it just this criminal gang just starts fucking with him at every turn. Was like, the alternate title an airwolves and sheep sheep's clothing? <laughs> <laughs> so he just goes about his business trying to get jobs, and man, this criminal gang is just like taking over all the shipping everywhere and just will not let him get a job. And they like beat him up at every turn, and then he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna start murdering all of you. And it's awesome. It's all he just starts rallying the other truck drivers. Was it one that like you were almost like maybe we should be watching this for Bamcast awesome yes. or is it just legitimately good? No, it's ba- it's Bamcast awesome. Like okay. it's seventies in that way where like stuff like you know the fight scenes aren't great mm-hmm. and even though it's PG, like I I I went into it like I don't I I need to kind of watch this to find out what the deal is because 70s movies are notorious for just throwing the worst thing at you at all times but even mm-hmm. though this was pg i'm like there's still the potential for someone to either get raped or lynched in this and it's going to be the worst thing ever kind of both things still happen anyway even though it's pg not to the extent of yeah. that but awful things do happen um but man just there's a okay the 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 actual ending of this movie is terrible like it's just one of those 70s movies that doesn't know how to end itself where it's just like hey let's just stop here um but like the final act of action in this movie is fucking intense and awesome and is one of the coolest stunts i've ever seen um i is yeah i mean like one when it was over i was like okay yeah we could totally watch that on the show that's that's pretty Mm -hmm. good stuff because like someone was talking it's kind of like it's kind of like Roadhouse and it's kind of like, you know, a million truck driver movies and but it's all really good. Like mm-hmm. none of it is like out of character, out of time stuff. It all still seems relevant. It's just a good dude trying to do work. And at every turn, criminals are just like, no, we're going <laughs> to smear your truck with shit. You know, yeah. it's like and holy God, there are so many people in this movie like Martin Cove from the Karate Kid is one of the main bad guys. There, there's just so many people that you're just like at every turn you're just like oh hey him from that and mm-hmm. you know you know rg Mar- or armstrong from uh the predator you know the yeah. the colonel at the beginning and you know it's just it's so good if so you, is it one you want to like wait a year and maybe do it on the show i could see that give yourself some space from yeah it and, yeah okay i think so i, I think it's, i like I, the sound of that i think it's fun you're selling me on this movie just yeah, like, despite good. the ending sucking yeah the, 
the way it stops is bad. I mean, you could say there's an ending before it where you're just like, okay, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it being PG both worried me and and it worried me for two reasons. Like, oh, it's PG, it's going to suck. Or PG in the 70s, man, that meant something, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could do a lot with a PG movie. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think we could definitely watch it. And I recommend that everyone out there find it and watch it. It's good. It's so right. good. God, that stun at the end. Oh, my God. I just want to say it, but I'm not going to. Okay. Don't. It's good. So. All right. That's all I got. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. One star. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a bunch of trucking movies, and they're all fucking terrible. You know, I mean, like, even Black Dog, which you would think is like, oh, that should be good. No. Garbage. Um, Black Dog's not garbage, but. Black Dog was all right. It's, it's not. It doesn't live up to what you're no. hoping it's going to be. Exactly. With Patrick, with Meatloaf chasing patrick swayze yes. in semi trucks <laughs> right you're like yeah sign me the fuck up yeah, and then it, it doesn't just, give you it's not yeah. yeah he didn't ghost ride the whip no yeah but this is this is there's so many trucker movies from the 70s where mm-hmm. most of them are so low budget and garbage and it's just like truckers go to a truck stop and have sex you know it's just like it's not that yeah. it's it's roadhouse <laughs> in trucks right. so yep all right well did we suddenly find ourselves at the end of the show i think we did didn't we yeah I just want to note a couple things. All right. Go on. Uh, I had somehow seen when I heard you describe what the Skinamax Koyan's Katsi style mm-hmm. movie was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen parts of that mm-hmm. and shut it off pretty much the same way you did, because I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, like why? There's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Mm-hmm. It's just like scenes that show up. For no particular reason. Yeah. They don't seem to thematically tie together or it's just like, here's a bit. Yeah. yeah, and I was just surprised that none of you guys knew what Konos Katsi was when it first came out. That one, I mean, I if, like, if, if someone had said Baraka, I'd be like, I think I've seen that. But that one, for some reason, I didn't know the name off the top of my head. I didn't. Is that yeah. the most famous of his movies? Yeah. 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 Oh, because like I don't know why I had, I had this coworker back in the day, you know, European, and was just like always talking about Baraka, Baraka, Baraka. And finally, I was yeah. like, fine, tell me where I can. I, mean, I think it was like back in the day of Netflix DVDs, and I mm-hmm. got it, and I was like. All right, you know that's that's cool and interesting. There's more of these. I don't know if I need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting. The the Criterion Blu-ray set that I have is like the three Kotzi movies, as they're called, and it's not like Baraka isn't one of those. It's, okay, it's the other three. Oh. you know that was. I think the first one was like 1982. So it's a lot of like it almost feels like stock footage set to Philip Glass music. Yeah, that's, but that's it's what like Baraka was the best looking stock footage you're ever going to see. Type. Yeah, thing. It, it was like. It seemed like the thing, like they had early versions of HD cameras or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. You know, I'm sure it was film, but I mean, yeah. it's just like watching it back then. It was like, it seemed like, oh, this is the thing you would buy to show off your, except that a lot of the imagery is like not things you would want on a demo reel. Yeah. Like one of the ones I remember was like a factory where they go through uh, chicks to like determine that if they've got defects or whatever, that they're yeah. not going to be chickens for food. Oh. And they're on this conveyor belt. There's like, they look them over and like throw the rejects down this bin and it's like, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that I, I don't, movie I don't had know what's at the bottom of that. I assume like something like a garbage disposal. But yeah, that yeah. movie had a point. Yeah. But, uh, but I think yeah. I think I said on the show that it that thing very much felt like 90s night at a nightclub playing yep. on a on yep. a stack of CRT monitors. 100 percent. You're just like, here's an example of the 90s mm-hmm. and you're not meant to watch it. You just like glance over every once in a while. And it's like, oh, Adam's family. Cool. Yeah, and I appreciate that whoever wrote in about X Men mm-hmm. like thought that they started in the '90s when they started in like 1963. Oh, yeah. Sure, 
Wait, yeah. what now? Did I miss something about it? When the guy wrote in about how the, the title X-Men, he didn't mm-hmm. realize was like, there are no longer men, X-Men. they're X-Men. And Former it's like, men. that's that's straight fucking Stan Lee bullshit. Uh-huh. And, and I also love that Stan Lee created the X-Men and made them mutants and that they were born with these things just because it was easier than coming out with origin stories for all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like, they were just born this way. And yeah. then this bald dude got them together and mm-hmm. then pretended to die a bunch of times to trick them. And then so many times. <laughs> yeah, he, God, you haven't even read the comics. I mean, he's <laughs> I'm sure he's faked his own death so many times. I'm like, Professor X is a dick. Yeah. Why don't you just teach normal shit, Professor? <laughs> yeah. But but I just love that he thought X-Men was like some extreme 90s thing. And it's like, no, it was like 30 years before. Yeah. Been around. Yeah, you want extreme why. 90s. You want Adam X, the extreme. Yeah, I, I think I think if anything, the X back then was more like Doctor X. You know, they were just going for the, like the sci-fi things of the time mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. yeah. Doctor X goes to Mars, or you know, yeah, fights big brain, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think just X was a cool looking. Yeah, and now thing I'm trying to remember. Them. There was some question that you were like, "We'll wait till Mackie's back to answer that." And now I don't even remember what it was about the X Men. So, yeah. don't know. Ask me anything. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll think about you it. You can't think of any X Men questions. <laughs> no. I need to see Apocalypse before it vanishes. It'll it'll be available. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on DVD and yeah. or Blu-ray and all right. What month. what episode of True Blood did Rogue first show her jubilees? <laughs> Never seen True Blood. I know it's. I just love that joke. All I know is <laughs> jubilees. All I know is nobody needed towels. No, that's that that's, is true. That's nobody, the only thing I know about True towels. Blood. Nobody. Nobody needed, needed towels. No. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we got a couple emails, but we'll save them till BJ's back. Cool. Or maybe I'll take next week off and he can come back. And <laughs> get just I think I'll be gone next three week. Three-man pod every yeah. time, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. So uh, if people wanted to send emails to BJ. Or to us. Yeah. BMF at bmfcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can go to the website, bmfcast.com. Right. It's got all the fun stuff on the side. It, they are fun, yeah, aren't they? It, gen- generally, if you want to find us, you go to any social media site slash BMFcast, yeah. and you're going to find us. Mm-hmm. But the biggest one you should check out is patreon.com slash BMFcast. That is the biggest and best one. Yeah. Any do- any level of donation gets you our bonus podcast, which is us saying even dumber things than usual. Yeah. Usually food related. Mm-hmm. Sometimes other things related. Who knows? But Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. So, and if you want to call us and leave a voicemail on the Garfield hotline, 910-5-JOCKS-BMF, mm-hmm. 910-556-9263. Correct. See? Got it in the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish everyone else did. What's in your head? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right. Man, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here, shall we? Let's. I am Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm Chuck. Oh, shit, shit, fuck, I forgot this one. BJ usually says something. Oh, right, he's the one who says yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> let's just do that all over again. All right. All right, let's get out of here, shall we? I'm Harlow. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, now you laugh for no reason. I know. I'm just going to Chuck, skip write a little note. Write I'll it skip, down. I got it. I'll skip the first part. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm Chuck. And, and this is Bamcast out. And this is Bamcast out. Bamcast out. In?